Hello again, and welcome to the Mana Pool. This is episode... Crap, I think it's 308? Yeah, yeah, episode 308 of the Mana Pool. And we're here to talk about the Mana Pool. Yeah. Which has a pool of mana in it. Yeah, everyone, come on in, the water's fine. Dirk, put some (laughs) swim trunks on, for God's sake. This is not a European pool. (laughs) That's racist. That is racist. So, uh, right, we're brought to you, as always, by Cardshark.com, uh, a better way to buy and sell magic, and, uh... <laughs> is it not all, is it not collectible card games anymore, just magic? He sent me, uh, the boss sent me an email, uh, uh, right before Christmas, and was like, hey, change the tagline, and I went, oh, and I, it just occurred to me as I was saying it that I said, whoops, I should probably change the tagline. So, yeah, <laughs> yes, better way to buy and sell Magic the Gathering cards. They have the other stuff too, but they focus on the magic because that's you know where the money is. Oh yeah. What's that say that we're cash cows? Moo. 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 <laughs> oh, Mike, don't moo. Mike, don't moo for nobody. I I missed the moment. It, it happens, yeah. Uh, so anyway, right. With you as always are some dorks. Yes. Uh, well, I got to tell you who I am first. I'm Chewy. Yay. I am the lead dork, and I am trying desperately to maintain. I may or may not feel bad. I'm not sure. Like, at work today, I was coughing and hacking up a lung, and, like, when I cough real hard, like, not only does my head feel like it's going to explode, but it also feels like my eyes fell out because I get really dizzy and get swimmies in my eyes, you know? Uh-huh. And then when I left, my boss told me I looked like a ghost because apparently I all the color had just drained from my face, and I really felt bad. But now I've been sitting here for, like, an hour, and I still feel kind of bad, but not like ghost bad. But I think I'm not going to work anyway. So <laughs> ghost bad. Go. <laughs> uh, well, Lex mentioned that she had dinner with you guys. Um, what was it? Friday? Something like that. Sunday. And Sunday. that and yes, and uh, that she was feeling knocked down, drag out, just terrible. So I wonder if you got something from her. Uh, I think I'm finally metabolizing all the sickness from everyone that I've been around because everyone that I have had any sort of contact with except for Mike has either recently been sick or was sick. So I think it's all finally built up and broken through my immune system just enough to piss me off. <laughs> Carrie's sick, but you haven't been around us in a little while. Yeah, but anyway, You should come right. over since you're already sick. <laughs> I'll cough on your child. It'll be great. <laughs> She'll punch you. So there's... She will. So that's me. With me, as always, are these other dorks that have been talking this whole time. So, dorks, what? what? That's me. I'm Brian. I'm the lead rambler. Um, what is this? I don't even... Uh, no. Um, yeah, I'm here to talk. And I, I feel like I say this all the time, but once we get into previews, my amount of topping, top, topping you know, caramel, and my amount of talking, mm. which is salty... Uh, both increase exponentially, so you're gonna hear a lot of me. Caramel. Awesome. Um, I'm Mike. I'm the rules guy and the game lore guy. And around preview time is when I do my most uh, kind of sky speculation, educated guessing about how some of these things are supposed to work. You know, without the benefit of any official documentation or official answers on them yet. So hopefully we won't screw up or get anything wrong. By the way. You know, please feel free. We haven't gotten a rules question in a while. Um, please feel free if you have any questions about these new cards. Go ahead and send us emails and stuff. Cause honestly, uh, we have a, we have a track record of a very high percentage of getting these things correct, even in a preview and spoiler stage. So 
Yeah, Borel of the Hulkade was an amazing, like, complete anomaly. Yeah, well, that, that, that was, was the 1%. <laughs> and then yeah. we, we got that right while we were previewing it. We just got it wrong later. Um, I don't know. But didn't... I can't remember. I think we were a little wrong on Bestow and how Bestow works when it's, you know, if you counter the yeah, spell. That's because we didn't know that there were special rules written into it. Exactly, yeah. and that that was a very corner, like, you know, they literally changed the game so we'd be wrong. Thanks a lot. <laughs> So wait a minute, hey, hey, other guy, who are you? Uh, I am Dirk, the self-proclaimed greenest man alive in Moral Compass Group. And during preview time, I just now get a chance to read the cards, and then I go, what? Whenever I read them. And then everyone gets to go, <laughs> that was funny. It is pretty hilarious. Yeah, I, I love Dirk's reactions more than anybody else's. Like, and I do love that Dirk doesn't actually read previews until we, gar- we, we read them on the air. That's, that's pretty hot. Yeah, <laughs> and then I'm going. Yeah, he, he's, he's that? doing that for at least like a half an hour after we stop recording, just so you know. Mm-hmm. It's a good thing my kids are in bed, or they think I'd have autism, uh, or like wow. something or other of that. I don't think they know what. Yeah, autism I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or oh, my mind might. is just like not there anymore. Excuse me. Word. Well, before we get to previews, though, <laughs> I have news. We have nonsense. Hiccups are not news. <clears throat> Hiccups are not news. So, let's see. We already talked about the card frame, so yep. I guess we're done with news. Because magic is now dead. <laughs> so there's no need to talk about podcast. anything else. <laughs> but just in case magic doesn't die... Um, this will kill it. You guys... <laughs> no, no, not that yet. Let's do the dumb one for. I mean, the <clears throat> interesting one first. <laughs> okay. I like mint, and I cannot lie. Oops, that's the wrong link. Yeah, so okay, like the the first the first sentence of the announcement, you know, starts the confusion immediately. <laughs> Today we are announcing our partnership with the New Zealand Mint to produce a series of Magic the Gathering collector coins. All those words are English, and I scan it to a <laughs> sentence, but you read it and it's still like what? Yeah, like technically it's a complete thought and a full sentence, but the actual yeah. content is like I'm sorry, did you what? <laughs> like you're having you're having a fever. You need to lay down. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> now I would well okay, keep keep reading. I I go ahead. Okay, so I I'll just keep reading straight from the paragraph. Each coin is a one ounce point nine 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 silver coin featuring iconic magic art. Our first coin <laughs> First coin will feature the artwork of none other than Jace the Mind Sculptor by Jason Chan. And they show images of the of the front and the back. Um obverse and transverse are those words. Is that is that uh, right? Okay, I couldn't remember. And uh yeah, so, so it's a big what, what worries me? Huh? What worries me? Okay, so the front of the coin, it's got Magic the Gathering and Jace, and it says Copyright 2013 Hasbro, all rights reserved. And then down here in the corner, it says one ounce, uh, 999 fine silver. But then the back, it's a coin. Like, yeah. it's, it's an actual New Zealand Nui coin or, or a Nui. It says Nui on it. So I'm guessing, does that mean it's going to be legal tender or like yeah. really? Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's but awful. And I checked these guys out. I talked about this on Monday Night Magic, so if you hear this again, I'm sorry. But I checked these guys out, and they have all kinds of weird commemorative coins. They've got some Doctor Who and some uh, – there's going to be Disney coins of some sort coming soon. And I was like, hmm, 
Hmm. See, for you guys, this may seem really strange, and I, I don't completely disagree with you, but I have to say, for years, people have been making jokes about wizards just printing money. <laughs> <laughs> and <laughs> here we are. Hey, look, if, you opened a Jace the Mind Sculptor. How much is it worth? Well, I can tell you exactly how much it's worth, because <laughs> it's made out of silver. What, what worries me? <laughs> I didn't think that was all that revolutionary a thought. I mean, that's the first thing I thought of was, oh, they're printing money. Oh, they're printing. But what worries you? I don't actually remember now. <laughs> um, hang on. Is it something about it being a real coin? Maybe. I don't remember now. I mean, it's huge, though. Like, I don't think this is yeah, uh, proper size, but it's a big rectangle. Would you prefer something like, you know, like a hexagon? Well, it's just that, you know, in the U.S., coins are all around. All our coins are round and, and very small and for the most part. And this is a, this is a big rectangle. It's I, not well, the size that matters, Chewie. That's the part of it that I'm not quite sure about because, and I've already told a fun story about, you know, uh, go, uh, about my stuff that I've done. Um, but I actually went to Australia and I've actually seen like the coinage over there and it's not rectangles. Like they're circular coins. Maybe new. Reason why I, the, the thing about displaying it as a, a, a rectangle and everything makes me wonder about it too. Well, but have you been to New Zealand? Yeah. I had to stop in New Zealand in order to get to Australia. Oh, okay. did you go to New Zealand? And I've actually <clears throat> like, well, the guy on the flight showed me their money. Like, Australian and New Zealand money. Oh, that's cool. And they're coins like quarters. But that's why I'm like, why is it a rectangle? That's why my thought kept going to that as well. Because it's a special commemorative coin that's meant for display. Yeah, I mean, that's got to be the reason why. I don't think it's supposed to be in circulation. Hmm. So I did. Whoa, okay there, scroll bar. I did a search for New A coin. Mm-hmm. And I am getting all kinds of commemorative stuff. I got Star Wars. I got the Pokemans. No are kidding. they all rectangles? No, these are all circular. Scooby-Doo? Whoa! The Death Star? Oh, my God. <laughs> Go in there. <laughs> oh, even Snoopy as the Flying Ace. Like, no kidding. But they're all circular. So, okay, maybe this isn't going to be legal tender. And they just they just put that on there for reasons that I don't know. I'm sure someone will buy it from you. Oh, here is a rectangular. Oh, it's bullion. That's what it is. So I guess the question will be how long before people start pre-ordering these things in mass just to, you know, for, for value to have something. Because the other thing that I was going to mention as far as, you know, printing money or whatever is – this just doesn't surprise me all that much because the consumer base is already built-in collectors. Even if all you do is play magic, you probably have a collection of some kind unless you play only limited. I mean only, only limited and you burn your cards afterward. That's the only person that doesn't have some sort of collection. So a bunch of collectors and a look. Now you can buy this thing and it's for people that collect things. Hint, hint, wink, wink. So, I don't know, I'm just not that surprised. So somebody's squeaking and it's really weird. 
Just so you know. Oh, yeah, sorry. That, that that, sorry, sorry. Okay. I didn't um, realize I was making that noise. So look at the link I just put in the chat. This is a gold and silver bullion trading site, and it's got a very similarly shaped thing. <laughs> it's weird because it's called a one-ounce a one ounce coin bar. Yeah, and it says legal tender Newey Islands $2 face value, which is in an effigy of uh, Queen Elizabeth. So I'm guessing that these actually will be legal tender. They're just not quite legal They're tender. They're going to be like our in, in the New Islands. In the new, oh. it, yeah, in the New Way Islands. <laughs> They're going to be just like what, Dirk? The Sacagawea coins. That's y- cold. Wait, how is that cold? <laughs> but, well, they are legal tender, but people don't actually use them for anything. Exactly, yeah. I mean, I've I've bought a drink with a second Dewey dollar before. No, but the purpose of those was to be <laughs> a replacement for paper dollars, and they failed Which is miserably. The, only because Americans are stupid. So yes, we are. We, we cling to things. We're still printing pennies for God's sake. Yeah, we're pretty bad. <laughs> printing, minting, minting pennies. But anyway, so yeah, technically it's a gold bullion bar, and that makes me feel better that I, well, I know so- that now. I like how we spent like 10 to 15 minutes on this. It's because it's so freaking bizarre we had to. (laughs) It's fascinating. It is. It's not quite like train wreck fascinating where you just have to watch, but you have to stop and think about it. You know, don't think about it too hard, though, because as Lewis Black said, the right side of your brain will look at the left side of your brain and go, it's dark in here and we may die. (laughs) I saw a little chart. I think it was a a comic someone posted from the the comic – What's it called? Cardboard crack? I think it's called cardboard crack. Anyway, it's a chart the guy made. It was a bar chart, and it had you know value of the coin two dollars. You know one ounce of silver, you know two dollars. One Jace the Mind sculptor, hundred dollars. Like one ounce of Jace the Mind sculptor, and the bar went way up there. It's like a thousand something dollars. I'm like, mm. nice. <laughs> so another news. Okay, so that's that. The link to that is in the show notes, of course. Uh, in other news, they've announced. You, you guys remember event decks they do for standard? Yes. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they are doing one for modern. You know what that means? If they're doing it for modern, it have it can have Thrag Tusk in it again. Yay! Yes. Oh crap! This one says it comes with tokens. Yeah, it says right. it's gonna be a three-three beast. So <laughs> it's a uh, it's a sixty-card deck. It's modern legal. It has a fifteen-card sideboard, so it's actually the full seventy-five. A strategy guide, a spend down life counter, 80 exclusive card sleeves, that's pretty cool, five double-sided tokens, and a deck box. Now, that five double-sided tokens, I'm going to uh, go with Clues here. Clues' theory, no, Schofield's theory, excuse me. Sorry, my bad, Clues, Schofield, all of you people, nobody listens to the show, no one cares. But I think it was uh, Jeremy Schofield, who is a big modern fan, and he said the only deck he can think of that would need five tokens is black white tokens. Well, yeah. Well, what if it's what if it's it's five double sided tokens? So what if it's that way to so you actually get ten tokens? Like one side will be a fairy and the other side will be like a wolf. So that way they're they're cutting down on their printing costs, but and and it's easier to track. Like it's easier to carry around because you're not carrying as many physical cards. Well, yeah, that's that's what he means. They're five tokens. Each one has a different thing on each side. It doesn't make sense to have the same thing on each side. Oh, but wait, I am. But they, these, in theory, are all going with one deck. So, okay, I'm with you now. I'm yeah, with yeah. you now. Okay. Brian so, is now caught up. 
Yeah, Schofield said uh, his theory is that it's going to be a black white tokens deck because that one has spirits and soldiers and like human soldiers or whatever, you know. Mm-hmm. And that sounds good to me, whatever. But <laughs> sure. But the there's nothing else that we know other than it comes out May 30th and it's going to be MSRP of seventy five dollars. Yeah. When I saw Star City will be pre-ordering it for like ninety. <laughs> five. Uh, when, when Depends I saw on what's that, in it. I was I was thinking, wow, you know, some of these limited release of sort of things go for much more than that. If that's the MSRP, true, there there one of two things is happening. Either it's going to be much more expensive than that, or Wizards has finally gotten realistic about their MSRP, and it's they're they're actually going, okay, this is what people will actually pay for this. So I doubt it because. Mike actually, Mike actually shut me up about that when he said that the way they do MSRP is with an actual formula of, you know, this is what we have to charge for it. Mm-hmm. So. Gotcha. I mean, they might have, though it's. They could change the formula, but. <laughs> at the, and, and what Brian said about changing the formula, like, it is possible. I, right now I don't yet believe this to be true, but I will say that it is possible that they uh, have gotten a bit shy from the backlash that happens every time they do something like that. And because of the nature of some of the stuff in the deck are putting it a little closer to something that makes sense. So people won't complain about it, denting any of the card, denting the secondary market value of any of the cards in it. Hmm. However, like I said, I don't actually believe that to be true, Yeah, but it is. Well, and, and all we have at this point is speculation because we don't know what's in it. It's and it's so far out. So yeah, I mean, if they're they're only making so many, the shorter the print run, the greater the fixed cost that has to be put in each unit. Um, they're making you know they're printing sheets of double sided tokens to go with it. They're printing special sheets of special card sleeves. So there's a lot of stuff going on in there mm-hmm. that's that's being made for this product and for nothing else. Right. Okay. So there's that. I think they're just trying to be like the man and keep us under thumb. <laughs> <laughs> under my thumb. Okay. Withers is in fact the man that keeps us down. Oh, totally. Yeah. And all, not gravity. All day, every day. <laughs> I thought he was the man that kept lifting me up higher and higher. <laughs> that's that. That's Slimer in the Statue of Liberty. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh jeez. <laughs> Always the quiet ones. Oh, anyway, so enough of that. <laughs> I love you guys. <laughs> I have no idea why. Uh, that's why. I don't either. So, that's that. Uh, once more things happen, we will, of course, tell you all about them, even though you'll have heard about it, you know, a week or two ahead of time. It's what we do. It is all what we do. that's fit to already know by now. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah. But, now there's the big news that actually has people... Freaking out and losing their mind and complaining already. <sighs> already? Yeah. People complain about... Uh, magic players complain about things. It's what we do. So, yeah, if you Get hear someone, lawn. like, complaining about this already and they're being serious... There, I hadn't used that in a while. <laughs> so, according to HollywoodReporter.com, the Hollywood Reporter even... <clears throat> Fox, not like Fox News, but Fox... 20th Century Fox. Yeah, 20th Century Fox uh, has the right to uh, magic 
as far as developing a, a film franchise. <sighs> so, according to this, uh, Simon Kinberg is a writer-producer who, who is attached to it. And he is one of the people behind uh, the X-Men and Fantastic Four franchises. Now, don't hold that against him. Because the last X-Men movie, First Class, was really good, and apparently he's also on, uh, 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 what's the new one called? Days of Future Past. Oh. Apparently. Okay. I heard that somewhere. I didn't look it up because I don't have time to do research. We're a podcast. We're not freaking... I think he's, I think he's right, yeah. But, uh, now, as Bill pointed out, he's, this, these are also the people that turn Galactus into a big dark cloud, but, you know, whatever. <laughs> he looks a lot better that way than with the helmet. I'm just gonna say it. I'm just going to say it. You be quiet. But, oh, dude, maybe they'll give the Eldrazi a big purple helmet. Ah, but, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it's, it's in like way before pre-production. Like they're not even close. So many movies do not make it past this point. Yeah. I mean, like the spider, the first Spider-Man movie was in the works for 15 years before the movie actually came out. You know, the Dungeons and Dragons movie, at least 20. Oh, and let's not even talk about um, the Superman movie that eventually turned into that Superman Returns abortion. But that, that wasn't an abortion; that actually happened. Whether or not it, <laughs> <laughs> what? Dang. No, that that was actually whether or not it should have seen the light of day is a different question. But uh, it's an abortion if it doesn't make it to the movie theater. Oh, okay. Maybe I just wish it was an abortion. Then. But uh, some people use the term for an unmitigated disaster. Yeah. But anyway, um, could you imagine? Nicolas Cage was at one point supposed to be Superman. Like that's how long ago that that was in the works. So, yeah. but Kevin Smith even wrote a script. For God's sake, I I, I found a treatment, a description of it, and read it. It was awful. <laughs> so screw you, Kevin Smith. But anyway, go back to Do Clerks Three, and and then that'll that'll shut me up for a minute. So yeah. I, I admit, I have not read any of the complaints. I've only read now two stories on it. My initial reaction is not pleasure or displeasure. My, my initial reaction is basically just trying to think of a, of a film attached to a product like this that hasn't been terrible. And I'm thinking, and I'm thinking, and I come back to, all right, well, games. Like Dungeons and Dragons, huh? You know what was great? Freaking Clue. <laughs> that was awesome. That was awesome. That but was that's, awesome. Sadly, that's the um, that, that's the exception, not the rule. The exception to the rule. And, Actually, and and it was a commercial flop at the time when it was released. Really? Yeah. Wow, that makes me sad because the movie is brilliant. Listeners, if you have not seen Clue, shame on you. And I think it's still on Netflix streaming. Go see Clue, for God's sake. Tim Juman- Curry's genius. What? Ju- Jumanji was pretty cool, and um, oh yeah. But it, it was that was based on a theoretical game. Yeah, exactly. that was an existing game. Um, I had more examples earlier today, and I didn't write them down. Dang of, it, of movies that were just you know bleh, um that were based on this sort of thing. Doom. There's there's more out there. Doom. Yeah, the problem is. Much like back in the day, and even currently, licensed video games turn out to be terrible, mm-hmm. licensed movies, for some reason, do the same thing. As long yeah. as they don't get freaking Oofa Bowl to produce, uh, to direct it, I think we will be at least sort of safe. 
because he has <laughs> raped and murdered so many video game franchises with his terrible, terrible, terrible. How many terribles was that? Just assume I said it ten times. Uh, movies. <laughs> I wonder if he does it on purpose. He's got to do it on purpose. You can't be that bad that many times. And he, he hates. Guy? He hates everybody. And is is that the guy that did the House of the Dead movie? Yep. Wow, that was the it's worst all about movie. shooting and zombies. So what's your that movie is, about? Neither. What? <laughs> that is literally the worst movie I've ever seen in my life. And I know there's probably worse movies that I have seen, but I was able to at least enjoy them a little bit. That is literally the worst. If you've never seen it, don't see it. Don't see it. Why? Because it's the worst movie I've ever seen in my life. Um, oh, really, on a related I, note, real quick, this this week. So the week that we recorded this, the uh, Nostalgia Critic released a um, – you know what? I'll put the link in the show notes. Uh, the Nostalgia Critic's editorial this week was what makes a movie so bad it's good. And it's mm. it's just like a short, I don't know, six, seven-minute video where he just explains how a movie goes from a bad movie to a movie that's so bad it's good and what the difference is. And he really hits the nail right between the eyes. So I'm, uh, everyone, I highly – while we're talking about bad movies, I recommend you go watch that. Like snakes okay, on so, a plane. Like, <laughs> see, but okay, keep but going. Yeah, the, the the track record for movies based on fantasy game franchises is that this has a good chance of turning out to be a, a massive burning heap. But you know, we'll we'll see. So it's so early in the process. I I I am a bit skeptical just because of the track record of this sort of thing. Um. But I mean, you know, we're we're so far out from this that uh, any speculation is just about pointless. I can tell you this: that if this movie was made in the 1980s, it would actually be about a young man who finds out that car- creatures on the cards are coming to life. <laughs> I, I think Brian is correct. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. But we're not in the 1980s. Thank God. Because otherwise, podcasting wouldn't even be a thing. We could be pioneers. <laughs> we it, sort of were, actually, but still. Oh, there was um, – if, if you think about movies about games in general, there was that uh, – was it The Wizard or something? The ad for Nintendo? That Hell was, yeah. Uh, the the two-hour two ad for Nintendo? <laughs> Dude, that movie was bad. Ad. That was so bad it's good. I don't think so. No. He touched my breast. (laughs) No. I love the power glove. It's It's so so bad. bad. (laughs) Uh, Dude, why are you hating, Dirk? It is tight. That was a terrible movie. What? Fred Savage rocks my world. It was a two-hour long commercial for Nintendo. Of course it was. Mm -hmm. But that's okay. And how many power gloves got sold? uh, Oh, that's right. It was a flop. I mean, everybody wanted a power glove at least a little bit until they tried to play with one. <laughs> oh, jeez. Let's hope that's not what happens uh, with this. Like, see, the good thing is, even if, like, if they make the movie, it's gonna draw some attention to magic. Mm-hmm. So that's that's good. But if it's bad, <laughs> if it's bad, at no worst, people care. who already thought it was dumb nerd stuff will continue to think it's dumb nerd stuff stuff and whatever nothing changed yeah and i mean it is dumb nerd stuff to those people so that's fine you know whatever Mm -hmm. but hmm yeah if if it's bad nothing really changes (laughs) about the game or our life or the universe in general but if it's passable like this is this is a big deal yeah even if it's not great if it's just a decent movie then that 
that really punches uh, Magic right into the mainstream. Yeah, even if the general respect for the game and people like us tip, ticks up even like half a notch, that's yeah, a win. Then that's awesome. And with people like, uh, where has Magic been popping up lately? Like in in uh, like Big Bang Theory, you know, it's getting there. It's 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 poking its way into the mm-hmm. uh, in into the mainstream. Like it was even we talked about it a long time ago. What Storage Wars? They found some Magic cards. Yeah. yeah. And I got that story, like, I got links to that episode from, like, six different non-Magic people. They're like, hey, I saw this and thought of you. <laughs> yes, oh, Star, Star was like, hey, did you know that this episode was here? And I was like, now exactly. I do. Yeah. So, you know. And the plan is, according to this, they're trying to, um, like, the plan right now, which is years and years away, but is going to be um, to launch a massive franchise on the scale of Harry Potter and the Lord of the Rings. Now, if you think about... The storylines that Magic has in the characters, even if you start with, like, Lorwyn forward, just with the Planeswalkers, there's a stupid amount of story to tell. Yeah. And they could easily turn it into, you know, a a freaking obnoxious-ass trilogy. And there's enough to do it, unlike with The Hobbit. So... (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's... You're probably right. That's probably where they'll start post-Time Spiral. Because I think everything before that nowadays is actually too obscure. Yeah. The no Weather one, Light Cycle and the Brothers War. Yeah, no one cares about all that. I don't even care about all that. And, I, of course, the Brothers War I wasn't playing. But, like, Urza and Mishra can, can eat my butt. I could really care less because they're way before my time and they're old and boring now. Whereas <laughs> the characters we have now, like Urza was basically a god. You know, the Planeswalkers back then were way too powerful to be interesting. Yeah. That's why they have such trouble making a good Superman story, a movie, is because he's way too powerful. Yeah. So, you know, you need, that's why Batman has always been such a great character, is because you can do whatever you want to him and it's going to hurt. Every every X Men movie ever, the something has to happen to Professor Xavier because otherwise he's just like I'm just going to control your mind. Yeah, so he kind of squints and they win. So <laughs> you notice every X Men movie. Now I haven't seen um, the newest one about the Wolverine, which is I guess what the Wolverine. It was um, actually not bad. But I, so I I don't know if he's in that one or not. No spoilers, but. Every movie, something has to happen to him. He's like, Professor X, oh, he's he's in a coma, or he's captured, or he dies. Spoiler alert, you know, so... Um, so, it because with some character like that online, or, or in the mix, it makes everybody else's actions kind of inconsequential. Mm. So... But yes, like, I I'm in I'm a favor I'm a fan of the mending and the changing to the neo planeswalkers, not like the Matrix, but you know the new ones. But like you well, know that uh, if Jace isn't the main character, he's gonna be in there because Jace has become the face of the franchise. Yeah. Love it or hate it, and yeah. some, sometimes I go back and forth. He is the mascot, pretty much. Yeah. So. Yeah. And Even though other Planeswalkers have been technically the main character of the last couple core sets, Jace is still the guy. Yeah. What's it say that, you know, return to Ravnica and Ravnica, Ravnica the plane in the setting is probably one of their most recognizable, most popular settings right now. And Jace is, from where the story has gone, pretty inextricably tied to it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. he's the Ravnica man and, and he's the man, so... The man, man. He's 
Jace is the man that's holding you down. Yeah, yeah, you're <laughs> you're trapped. Does. You're trapped under his Jace the Mind Sculptor's plus one, and there's nothing you can do about it. <laughs> that explains so much of my life. But yeah, so that's. I think it's plus two. That's messed up. Oh wow, that's terrible. Well, I remember at one point uh, we actually did like who, what actor would play? Say, didn't we do a casting call of some sort? Yeah, yeah, a a long time ago when someone sent us an email asking us to do it, and we finally got around to doing it. It was pretty interesting. It was pretty fun. I have to go back and listen to that episode again. Yeah, but we, uh, I mean, if this happened, so okay, Magical Christmas Land, best case scenario, they they launch it, they do it perfectly. Like, Jace is the main character. They've got Ravnica. They bounce around to other planes. There's so much fan service that magic nerds die. Like, they have, then the game is they, over. They, Great. They have, like, uh, guest appearances by Maro and Patrick Chapin. Oh, yeah. And- like, Maro is totally going to be Stan Lee. He's just going to be a dude in the background in every movie. <laughs> and I was, like, seconds away from making that joke when Schofield threw it out. And I was like, damn it! <laughs> But yeah, so but but really, best case scenario, it's great. It goes for three movies, and they're gonna do three more. And George Lucas is not gonna stick his, I can't say that on this show, is not gonna poke something in there and screw it all up. And it's great, and sales go through the roof. That's awesome. Like there is nothing bad about this. But let's be real, there's no telling. Like if you want to be completely realistic, there actually will be no movie. It, what this is is a move is a news story about an idea that somebody had, and at least one other person said, "I like that idea," and that's literally where we are. Well, no, no, we're one past that because uh, because someone paid Republic, money for the idea. Yeah, actually has the rights. Well, they were the second guy I was talking about. Oh, <laughs> so like that's a great idea. These may, like, these here's may fifty be, bucks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> here's fifty bucks. You see about doing that, but. <laughs> So yeah, um, hopefully it'll be better than Battleship, Street Fighter, X. Oh, yeah, that's not even Super Mario Brothers. These are ones that are golly. That was the one I was thinking of earlier. Thank you very much for reminding me. The Super Mario Brothers movie. If you want to take a beloved franchise that literally everybody loves, it doesn't matter whether you're an RPG fan or an action fan or a first-person shooter or whatever. It's Mario. So how do you screw up Mario? Yeah, you play the game for 15 seconds, and then you set the movie in a – you know, the standard 80s, 90s dystopian future. <laughs> and instead of Dinosaurs. little Goombas, you have big monster-headed guys that are like eight feet tall. Yeah. Ooh, and Dennis Hoppe. Uh, anyway, anyway, let's... I'm going to have nightmares tonight. Thanks, guys. You're welcome. So, are we, are we done with the movie? Yeah. For now. I mean, you know. Oh, I do want to point out that something that everyone uh, thinks is hilarious, that the product shot here on the Hollywood Reporter's website... Is a booster pack of alliances and a booster pack of mirage. <laughs> the guy that wrote this article has never played Magic before because he he talks about like a sorcerer supreme or something, and he uses a lot of non Magic lingo. And some people in the in the comments are like jumping over him, and then a couple of other people are like, "You're actually arguing about Magic terms. Aren't you aware that you are? Yeah, you know, this in and of itself." You're, yeah. So. Yeah, so dumb nerd stuff. Yeah. Dumb nerd <laughs> stuff. Or smart nerd stuff, either way. So. No, the nerds are plenty smart. They're just arguing about something dumb. Well, there are dumb nerds, too. 
It is not yes. a. It's it is not an impossibility. Hmm. We have known several. I think we've yeah. been several, haven't we? <laughs> <laughs> not all the time. I think no. I've had several. Baby. Oh. Oh. So. Oh, one more thing before. So are we done with the movie now? Like for real? Yes. For real? Okay. One more thing before we get into the previews. Uh, I want to thank uh, Matthew Killable. And I really hope – I'm pretty sure that he sent an email once telling me I was pronouncing his name right, but uh, he sent us a donation uh, back in December. And then when we recorded last week, I completely forgot to mention it. But Oh, yeah, Joey, I was supposed to remind you to thank Matthew Kelbel. Oh, thank you, sir. Uh, so thank you, Matthew Kelbel, for sending us this uh, donation. Our stupid website still only does five-buck increments. I've got to smack Scott and get him to fix that. But Thank you very much. Yes, thank you very much. Uh, as always, it goes to hosting, and I was gonna buy Brian's birthday dinner with it, but other people were buying it, so screw like those. Like my people. mother-in-law. Yeah, so yeah. so screw Brian and his dinner. <laughs> and uh, screw everybody that's going to Disney, right? Yeah, screw all. Of, yeah, yeah, screw all of you people. Brian and his wife and kid and my ex. Everybody sucks. <laughs> I want to go. This isn't fair. So let's. Let's talk about previews. Want to talk about previews? Let's talk about previews. Yay! So, we born take a of the break gods. First, or are we going right into it? I don't know how long we've been going. Only I don't like know. Half an hour. About Forty minutes. Oh, yeah, we'll keep going for the moment. Okay. We'll knock out like the ooh ooh ooh. Let's knock out the uh, mechanics. I mean, yeah, that's the word. Thank you. That's you what want I'm to go with the mechanics article to do, or just oh yeah, let's, down let's here. do that. I don't. I closed. Yeah, oh, I did not close the Monday Night Magic show notes. Bam. Control C, baby. I'll even put it in the show notes or the chat for you guys. Oh, you're too kind. Bam, I am. Okay, so with the new set comes new mechanics. Of course, that's that's how it works. First, let's yep. do the old ones. Uh, Scry is back because Scry is amazing. Yep. Do we want to go over the previews that they are listing here, or are we going to just save all the previews for later? I figured we well we have to talk about something uh, to illustrate how the mechanics work. Uh, Heroic is back, because Heroic is awesome, and it makes perfect sense. Devotion is back, duh. That's the big thing in this set. And... Oh, that's and the gods little... and bestow. Yeah, gods and bestow. Monstrosity is not back, but that's okay, because they sort of did it. But we have two... Why? There's no monstrosity anywhere. That's what I said. They got replaced with something similar. And something awesome. Something awesome that has nothing to do with monstrosity. Right. But it does involve things getting bigger. Shut up. I yes. do love these two new mechanics, so let's let's jump in here. Yeah. Uh, the first one is, let's see, Mike, why don't you tell us about the first one? Okay, the first one is called Inspired. Inspired is an, is an ability word. That's just there to let you know that all these cards have something in common. Um, and it's something that triggers when the, the creature who has an Inspired ability becomes untapped. The example given here is the Areskus Sun Guide, who for one and a white, he's a common 2-2 cat monk. And his inspired <laughs> ability says, yeah, his inspired ability says, whenever Areskus Sun Guide becomes untapped, you gain two life. That is sick. It's, it's, kind, <laughs> of a, it's kind of a really interesting card, because for one and a white, it's, it's kind of, it's the bear with an ability, kind of compared to... Um, that the human guy from Guild Pack, not Guild Pack, Gate Crash, with the, 
for one and a white, a two, two with extort. So it's what we call a value bear, I guess. So you've got the two, two for two with the new mechanic. It's kind of an interesting to compare this to something like Knight of Meadow Grain or a two, two with lifelink because it's very similar. You know, you attack with it and then later on you gain two life. This isn't quite as strong because you don't gain the life right away. Because you'll never gain more than two life, even if the creature is bigger, like if it, if it gets a plus one plus one counter, um, and it has to survive until the beginning of your next turn because the ability doesn't go in the stack until it untaps. Um, so if you're looking at it from a pure power level, it's not quite as, as strong, but the mechanic itself is really interesting. And if you have any extra way to tap and untap creatures, then you start getting more uses out of this. But at the very least, you can always attack with it, but because it doesn't resolve upon attacking, you can't just throw like a 1-1 in there and just attack to get the effect. You actually have to, it actually has to survive. So. Yeah, it actually has to untap. Exactly. I think that's kind of, I think it's interesting. From a flavor perspective, it's kind of interesting as well because untap, tapping and untapping mechanically cover so much ground flavor wise and one of the things that tapping is associated with is going to sleep you see that in cards like sleep you know <laughs> and so untapping is almost is the act of becoming alert waking up and in the theros mythology when people dream their astral self goes to Nyx, the the land of night, and which is where the gods dwell. And so their mind is kind of connected with the gods. And then they wake up and they're like, I had this great idea. Heliod <laughs> says I should gain two life. And um I, I like the flavor of that. So for me, the this one this mechanic of the two is an is a like perfect home run because it's not overly strong. You, you have to make it work. It's not just broken, but it can be really interesting. It can be powerful. It flavor-wise, it's a great hit, and I, I I like this mechanic a lot. And I like the cards that are spoiled with it so far. It kind of it feels almost like a supplement to heroic. Hmm. A little bit. Yeah. Now, also I don't... keep in mind this is uh, whenever these things become untapped. Which not just when they untap at the beginning of your turn, right? So yeah. stuff like I don't know, Umbral Mantle, yeah, for instance, gets you a uh, an inspired trigger. Yep, yeah, and That's I'm sure right. there are I'm sure there are at least a few untap effects in the set. I know there are some in Theros. Yeah, there's actually a creature that we'll talk about later if yeah. it's in the, the card image gallery, which it, I think uh, it is, that says is. tap to untap target creature. Tap or untap target creature, Ooh, which is better. even better because in this sort of situation, yes, if you attack or, or you tap it somehow and then you untap it, you get the ability right now. But sometimes you're just going to want the ability even when you can't attack. So you can always tap the creature down during someone else's turn and then get the activation at the beginning of your turn. So that's actually a lot better. Plus, you know, you can always tap an opponent's creature that's about to kill you. That helps too. There is that. That is a that is a really strong creature. And we'll get to that in a little bit. Yeah. So we're like halfway there. You wanna talk. you wanna talk about the rules thing there in that last paragraph, Mike? Because I didn't know this. What? Oh yeah. Oh okay. So I um, knew this. So uh, a trigger ability triggers whenever the appropriate event happens, but it waits to get put onto the stack until the next time a player would receive priority. So, for example, and I'm sure you've had 
plenty of experiences with, with this just playing. Something you're doing while you're resolving a spell will make uh, something trigger, and that trigger will go onto the stack after you're finished resolving the spell. So when these inspired triggers hit during your untap step, they have to wait to get put onto the stack until the beginning of, of the upkeep, because that's the first time in a turn that a player actually gets priority. And of course, like other situations where you have multiple um, triggers trying to be put onto the stack at the same time, you get to choose the order of all the ones you control. So these these inspired triggers coming that triggered in the untap step will actually will uh, try to go on the stack at the same time as things that trigger at the beginning of your upkeep. So you actually get to you get to choose the order of of how those things are stacked up and how they resolve. Yeah, and I like I know that. I, I knew intellectually that nothing happens during the untap step, mm-hmm. but it didn't occur to me that that pushes everything to the upkeep until Cluse uh, said it on Eminem, and I was like, "Whoa, I didn't actually know that." Yeah, yeah, I I, th- I think I first learned that um, uh, back when I was trying to figure out how Mesmeric Orb actually worked back when that was first printed. Oh, okay. Huh. But yeah, something else to keep in mind. I know because I've seen questions about this. Becomes untapped means it goes from tapped to untapped. It doesn't trigger when it enters the battlefield untapped, and it doesn't trigger during your untapped stuff step if it was already untapped to begin with. Right. Just something to keep in mind. I know a couple people at least um, didn't understand that part. Right. Okay. So that is inspired. Uh, the ability and the discussion. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Brian. Wait, Dirk, yes. you, got any, you got anything on that? Actually, this sounds like a really neat ability, and I'm just th- what was it? Uh, intruder alarm. Uh, if, oh my yeah, god! I was like, oh, there are so <laughs> many ways this can be abused, and intruder alarm is the one that came to mind. I was like, oh my gosh! Things breaking intruder alarm is something that happens literally with every set. Now, granted, <laughs> you know this does lend itself particularly well. But intruder alarm is always just going to be one of those break me, break me. (laughs) Intruder alarm adds so much flavor to this. It's just like, how can we break a card? (laughs) Intruder alarm is probably somewhere in the mix. You over there. (laughs) And even goes back to Brian's dream thing because the alarm wakes everybody up. Whoa, what's that? (laughs) Oh, God. Somebody turn that thing off. Oh, man. Okay, well... This is why we love Dirk, because as much as I've, I've played with Intruder Alarm over the years, that didn't even occur to me. Huh. So, the next uh, new uh, uh, keyword is one that I desperately want Brian to read, because Brian just built a deck around this, like already, before this set was even spoiled. How did you know? Because <laughs> you played it against me. Oh, that's true. <laughs> well, I'm th- I've actually thought of another deck to do with this. But, oh, okay. You know, now that I see... If they put a lot of these in white and blue, uh, white and black, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, you know, I didn't even think about that. So, Tribute, and it apparently is only on creatures, which really makes sense. Uh, A creature with Tribute, it's going to have Tribute and then a number. Um, I'm almost certain there'll be one with X at some point, even if not in this set. But for right now, it's, it's at least a number. And as this creature enters the battlefield you choose one of your opponents and that opponent um may put that many plus one plus one counters on the creature as it enters the battlefield 
and that would be considered paying the tribute. So right now, uh, this this creature right here is just such a good example. It illustrates it. You've got the Farags giant. Faragax. 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 We've got the giant, and it costs four and a red for a 3-3 giant. And it's a common, so this ability does show up at common. So for five, it's a 3-3 giant, which isn't great. It's got a tribute of two, which means... You know, you play it and you look at your opponent and you say, hey, do you want to put two plus one plus one counters on it to make it a five, five for five? And they look at you and they're like, why would I ever do that? So <laughs> when it enters the battlefield, if tribute wasn't paid, the giant deals five damage to each opponent. And keep in mind, I get the first time I was reading this, I guess I kind of thought, okay, so then it's a conditional lava axe. Somehow I, I skimmed over the fact that you still then end up with a three, three creature, which yeah. is... Awesome. So you either get a 5-5 or you get a 3-3 that's a, hey, all my opponents take a, a lightning, lightning, not a, um, a lava axe. A breath of Malfagor. A, it's a, yeah. Right, that was 5 to each opponent, right? Yes. Yeah, okay. Yeah. yeah. Yay, I'm good. And, and <laughs> you know, some people I've heard some comments about, oh, you know, this is um, – Terrible because, you know, you're just going to pay the tribute and then Doomblade it because – and I like how somebody on – on uh, I think it was the Salvation Forums pointed out like, welcome to MTG Salvation where every every person rating these cards always has like 18 heroes downfalls in hand and, and draws <laughs> three more the next turn. You know, so yes, it dies to Doomblade. Um, and yes, you can kind of figure out if the opponent has a way to deal with it or not. But a lot of times, I mean, you might, if you can protect it or if you really want either one, then either one is okay. And if it gets a removal spell out of their hand, great. Um, the only issue I have with it, have with this is that it's instead of monstrosity. And that makes me a sad panda because monstrosity was so good. And from a flavor perspective, are the monsters suddenly are demanding payment from the humans? That doesn't make any sense. They just wanted to eat us before. Now they're monsters like, hey, all the time. I mean, even King Kong was like, hey, you're gonna string up a bitch right there so I can come look at her. I guess I just uh, I'm I'm not really feeling this one from a flavor perspective nearly as much as inspired. But I love the application to this. I always liked. Like the browbeat cycle, I actually went to some lengths to get copies of all of the browbeat type cards to build a, a mono red painful choice deck, and it was never very good. But the deck that Chewy just yeah, the problem is that browbeat is the only good card in the deck. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know what's so, the one that destroys all creatures for three. That one wasn't break, bad. Breaking point. Breaking. Point. Well, someone can just take six damage to let it not happen. Well, for three oh. mana, that's pretty good. Uh, but in a multi, well, in in practice, in practice, it never works out. Yeah, that's true. Browby was easily the best. Five damage or three cards for three minutes is always good. But the the deck that Chewy was just alluding to was my new EDH deck uh, with um, Triad of the Fates, which is literally every card in the deck is meant to force an opponent. To make either make an opponent make a choice, like choose between really bad things, or has the word or on it somewhere for me, like, you know, play a land or cycle it or something like that. It was, I tried to be as on theme as possible. And there's some things in there that as a result are not entirely optimal. Dimensional breach, Chewy? I hate you. 
I know. But <laughs> we could not believe you put that in another deck. After it had all been years. years. It had been years since I wrecked you guys with that. So, <sighs> and by wrecked, I mean I didn't actually win. But so, <laughs> so anyway, so getting back on topic. So tribute. I, I think it's really interesting. And um, this right here, by you mean damage the game state beyond repair. Yeah, yes, that counts. Yes. <laughs> but um, getting back to tribute. Uh, this guy is interesting. There's another red card with tribute that we'll get to later that I'm like, ha, but you know, it's several rarities higher. So you're supposed to have that reaction. Um, Dirk, what do you think about tribute? I'm curious to see how like other cards that have it, because the one that they show, uh, the fair, fair Gox giant, that's, that's, that's nasty. It's either. Yeah, sure, put two plus two plus two counters on this thing, or it's going to deal five damage to each opponent. It's great in a big game where you can look at, you know, one of the players like, hey, you have 70 life. What do you think about (laughs) the tribute for this giant? It's like, yeah, I can take five damage. It's like, cool. Hey, everybody, you're all taking five damage. And, and you can like, thank this uh, guy for it too. <laughs> yeah. Don't blame me. I just played the card. He's the one that let it hit you. <laughs> Politics abound. So yeah, so but that's there's tribute. there's plenty of uh, tribute cards that we'll we'll talk about here shortly. Wreck your Promise? game. Wreck your game. <laughs> State. Um, if you don't know what dimensional breach is, you should go look it up right now, and then come back and. Wonder how on earth these people are still friends with me. Come back and join us in hating Brian. Yes. <laughs> um, I guess that's enough for mechanics because it's just the two new ones. Everything else is old, and we'll talk about those cards later. We'll talk yeah, about the, the specific cards in the. The count as a mechanic. Yeah. Okay then. So. Are you talking about? Oh, that it's a cycle. Yeah. I'm surprised they even broke it out like that. It's not like that'll be the only cycle. Yeah. It's the only cycle. Oh my god. Oh well. Okay. So do we wanna we wanna take a break? Yeah, let's take a break. Yeah, I'm as before well. we jump into the <clears throat> actual uh what is this? Previews, previews, there we go. Huh. So I was trying to fo- oh here we go. So Born of the Gods, right? Mm-hmm. Uh the gods are a big thing in this uh in this block. Like the five gods that we already have are are all, have all made a splash in standard, oddly I've, enough. It's like every every week one of the other one of them is the best one for a week. And then yeah. they change. I mean the the blue and black ones, what what's their name? Th- Thassa and uh Erebos are the two big ones. Perforos yeah. pops up here and again, Nylia pops up here and again. Heliod popped up for like two weeks and then no one's seen him since, which is too bad, but you know, whatever. Maybe he'll make a resurgence. Maybe he'll make yeah. a resurgence, but yeah. Helia's problem is the rest of the deck isn't very good. Yeah, and if you build the deck to where it is good, you don't need him anymore. Yeah. Yeah. So, oh well. But, uh, the gods have given us so much, and that's not all the gods have given us. The gods also gave us rock and roll. So, here for this musical interlude is none other than God Gave Rock and Roll to You by Kiss. (laughs) And we'll be right back. Uh-huh. God gave rock and roll to you. Gave rock and roll to 
rock and roll. Not only did God give rock and roll to us, but the gods have also given us a super surprise guest host. Surprise even to me and the hosts. Uh, who could this person who be? Who could this person be? Well, he hung out with us quite a bit in Charlotte. And many, he bought me uh, from Annie Brothers in Pittsburgh. So I will love him forever. Uh, <laughs> it's JT. Hi, guys. So let's see. You're, you're on Twitter. Yes. As I forget what your Twitter handle is. Uh, Nerdpop140. Right. And you're on our forums as... CyberpunkOtaku01. And you're on... Google Plus? Google Plus. <laughs> That's a trick. No one's on Google Plus. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> I'll randomly get emails that are like, such and such added you to their circles on Google Plus. And I'm like, why? Apparently, there are more people actually starting to use it. It's because Google has made it impossible not to have a Google Plus account. I was like, YouTube, but it's like Google Plus. I was like, oh, come on, man. Google is the man. (laughs) It really is. It's okay. So JT's here because he was good enough to pop up. I know you're recording, but I wanted to make sure you saw these two cards that they just tweeted. And I'm like, how do you know we're recording? He's like, because I'm an internet stalker. I'm like, well, you should just come on the show then. (laughs) And that is, bastard. that is pretty much how it went down. <laughs> Except I got the the second half of his message first because smartphones are actually really stupid. Yeah, it didn't even tell me that it split up into two messages. It was like thought you might want to know if you want to cover them tonight. I'm like, I don't think that was supposed to go to me. <laughs> but actually, what what you didn't get was the first half of that, which was something you probably shouldn't have gotten. Uh, yeah, my. Maybe. I mean, maybe you might have wanted it, but I don't know. Uh, huh. Okay, well. Right. right. So, right. Uh, so. so we're in the card image gallery, so you guys can follow along uh, if you like. Not not you guys here, but you guys listening. We're going to start at the top and work our way down. and, and we'll, well, By the time they listen, we'll be skipping around a whole hell of a lot. So exactly, yeah. It's not really following. We'll be skipping around a whole hell of a lot from top to bottom, though. Like, we're not going to be jumping That's around. That's true. So, first up is the hero of... Erolas. Iroas? I just really wanted Brian to try and say it. That's all I wanted. Iroas. Ass. Iro. Mike, what you got? Um, Man, I don't know. I might just say Eros. I was thinking it was either Eros or Iroas, since it's Greek-ish. The hero. The hero of Iodine. Is. I'm only going to be pronouncing half of these words anyway. I'm just going to call you know, this hero, that shield mate, this sun god, you know. So True. So, for one in a white, he's a 2-2 human soldier. He's rare. Uh, aura spells you cast cost one less to cast. And he has heroic. When you cast a spell that targets him, you put a plus one, plus one counter on him. Now, just so we're clear, when you cast... Oh, when you bestow a creature, is that is casting an aura spell, right? Yes. Okay. Well, I'm good. <laughs> I mean, this seems pretty good. Yeah. It's a, it's another value bear like the one we just talked about, the Sun Guide. But and not being a common, it doesn't gain you two life. Instead, it makes all your, it makes some of your stuff cheaper, and has that wonderful heroic ability. The whole getting counters and that ability, as we found out from the first Theros set, is pretty strong. It adds up really fast. Very um, fast. Yeah, I, you know, you can, 
I tap with this guy and pay one and put like an ordeal on it. And even if you had the mana to pay for the ordeal in the first place, that's more mana that you can then use for other things, like maybe hold up another white for God's willing or something like that. So and, and considered, you know, because he has heroic, you just cast the ordeal. So he's a three three after his heroic trigger finishes. Yep. When you attack, the ordeal will make him a four four. Uh-huh. So yeah, heroic stacks up pretty fast. Heroic stacks up really fast. And then if you want to go outside of Theros block and go to other things, he can make things like, uh, is it Celestial Mantle? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he makes that cheaper. He makes, uh, Eldrazi Conscription cheaper. You know, things that are already, he makes Imperial Armor cheaper. All sorts of crazy nutty things. So, and some auras are pretty interesting. And since Bestow, uh, creatures are usually a fair bit more expensive to cast as an aura. That helps a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So, all right. JT, you got anything? Uh, no, I'm just, I really want one so I can put one into my heroic standard deck, actually. Ooh. Cool. Aha, uh-huh, it's rare. Aha. Aha. Something. Yeah. Well, the next one isn't, so somebody read it. Hey, Dirk, what's this thing? Nick's Born Shieldmate. For, oh, it's not rare. It's not rare. <laughs> <laughs> um, for one white is an uncommon, uncommon, it's a common, uh, enchantment creature, uh, human soldier that's a one-two with bestow of two and a white. And it says enchanted creature gets plus one, plus two. So the whole point of this guy, as far as I understand it, is to show that in this set, not all of the bestow guys have the, the, Stats that are, you know, one, one, two, two, three, three, where power is equal to toughness. And Maro mentioned that in this, in his article, and it was very quickly pointed out that Boon Seder was in the last set. So, <laughs> whatever. Oh, well, Boon Seder was special. He was the only one. He was, yeah, but that's, so. But this card, to me, just exists to say, hey, Squire, you're really dumb. Oh, <laughs> Basically. Poor Squire. Like, he didn't know that already. Squire can't die to uh, disenchant, but eh. in pretty much every other situation. But how do we feel about this card? This seems this seems decent. I mean... Like really cheap bestow is pretty cool. It's pretty good, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's a holy strength. That's what it's called. Thank you. It was. I'm sitting here trying real hard to remember without asking, because then I feel dumb. Squire strength. Squire strength. <laughs> <laughs> But what if my squire had butt breathing? All right, I'm done. <laughs> he actually works really well with the hero we just talked about because you can cast them both with just two mana. It's oh, true. Yeah, it's true. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Hmm. Hmm. And as always, when your enchanted creature dies, the bestowed creature jumps off and goes, ha-ha! Which is useful in all sorts of situations. Oh, yeah. A, f- a free dude is always good. If someone yeah. tells you the free dude is bad, they are wrong. Except yeah. in corner cases, shut up. <laughs> yeah, basically. All right. So okay. we've already talked about the sun guide. Um, yeah. how, how about our mysterious special guest person nope, tells us... Nope, he's got to do the blue one. <laughs> gotta, okay. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, then I'll talk about the silent sentinel. Uh, <laughs> for five and... Two white. It is an Archon. It is a 4-6 with flying, as most Archons, at least in this world, have flying. And he's riding a lion, which is cool. He's a rare. 
So again, for seven, a four, six flyer. When he attacks, you may return target enchantment card from your graveyard to the battlefield. It's pretty sweet. It reminds me a lot of, um, uh, Sun Titan. It oh. reminds, it reminds me a lot of, um, the Orzhov one. The Orzhov, thank you, the Orzhov one from Treasury Thrall. Treasury Thrall. It has that, that same sort of feel to it. But this one isn't bound by any sort of restrictions as far as mana cost, and it puts it directly onto the battlefield, unlike the Treasury Thrall. So you, it's a free effect every time. Now, granted, it costs seven mana to play, but seems pretty strong. One yeah. thing I want to note about, well, Mike, did you have something you wanted to say? I was going to say creatures are very easy to get onto the battlefield, so don't worry about that part. I mean, but there is so really much. want to. Yeah. You can get There's a bestow just, creature uh, back too. Yeah, or and just you know keep chumping with something like the Nixborn Shieldmate. You can just have some have like it stand in the way of something on the ground, and then if they decide not to attack, great, and you just keep attacking in the air. And if they try and attack on the ground, then you just block and get it back next turn. Eh. But there are so many. What Mike? I was gonna say there are so many enchantments where just slapping it onto the battlefield for free. Is uh, complete cheating, basically. Oh man, think about an ordeal that you've already finished. You've already got three plus one plus one counters on this thing, so it goes away. And then next turn, you attack, and well, it wouldn't trigger right away because you already attacked. But keep it, being able to reuse <laughs> ordeals seems pretty strong, even if you have to wait a turn to do it each time. See, I was thinking being able to reuse an O-ring that someone got rid of is pretty stupid. Yeah, or Detention Spheres. Or Detention Spheres even better. Yeah. If you run well, anything that's heavy enchantment, this would be really great to throw in. Uh, but one thing I did want to note about this, there are two things, there are two places where if you really want this, you can get it. Uh, the first is it is in the, is the central card for a theme deck. So I I don't know if we've seen the names of the theme decks yet, but this is in one of them, so you can get it there. And then, as they have done for the last several sets, and I've talked about this, and I'm not complaining or saying anything about it here, is the way they're doing it right now. Um, all the all the pictured cards in the theme decks are also the pre-release cards. So yep. when you go to your pre-release, what I said, yep. Oh, I think you said nope, but I was like, did I miss one? So no, when you go to your pre-release and you sign up for, I guess, the white deck, you will get this guy. And again, as we learned last time, if there's a hero card, you won't be able to play with that, but you would be able to play with this in your deck. So that is something to consider. The white one from Theros, the white one with Bestow that gave like flying and 4-4 and first strike was pretty, if you actually landed it, it was pretty much game over for the other person. Really hard to come back from that. So this one looks pretty strong as well. Yay, Lions. Flying <laughs> Lions. I can't wait he... to get this at the pre-release and start bringing back the um, Bale Fight along, the 1-1 one, one Death Touch. Yeah. Ooh, that's a nice one. I just feel compelled to make a Voltron joke since he's riding a lion. <laughs> Aren't the, don't and all now the I have Archons the... involve a Flying Lion? Most uh, of them. Flying cat, yeah. Yeah, or some the, sort of... The Celestial Archon is riding an ox for some reason. I don't know why. Oh, because he's badass. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but he wasn't from Theros, was he? No. Yeah. Yes. Yes? It's the, it's the card you were just talking about. 
Oh, yes, I'm. Ha 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 ha. <laughs> well, he's an enchantment, so shut up. Yeah, he's there. <laughs> They're okay. allowed to be weird. Do, 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 do. Okay, so. Arkan Good. Arkan Good. Arkan so, Good. Hey, JT. <laughs> we know you love the Sphinxes. Sphinx. What's plural Spy? of Sphinx? I think, uh, Sphinx? I think it's Sphinxes. Sphinx. That's boring. Let's it's make either, up some. It's either Sphinxes or Sphinxes. Sphinxes. Yeah, let's do it. Let's go with that. That's much cooler. Moose. <laughs> so who wants to cover the moose? I mean the Sphinx. I guess JT. Yeah. All right. So the next one is the Arbiter of the Ideal. He's four and two blue for a creature Sphinx. He's rare. He has flying and is a four five. And he has one of the new uh, keywords. He has inspired. And... Uh, for his ability with this one, whenever Arbiter of the Ideal becomes untapped, reveal the top card of your library. If it's, an, if it's an artifact, creature, or land card, you may put it onto the battlefield with a manifestation counter on it. That permanent is an enchantment in addition to its other types. I wonder if something else is going to use manifestation counters. I know it's probably here to help you remember that it's an enchantment. Yeah, it's just a memory thing. Because if it didn't and, use counters, then you'd definitely get to a spot where... One one person would ask, "Hey, is that also an enchantment?" And you're gonna say, "Uh." Yeah, but it's interesting because they didn't say it's not like an enchant counter uh, or something like that. It's a manifestation counter, so it makes me wonder if there won't be something else here that also uses not obviously not a big mechanic because we've covered the mechanics, but something else that kind of use those as well. So. Well, they're they're gonna shy away from using words that have other in-game meanings just to reduce just to try to restrict the capacity for confusion they wouldn't call it an enchant counter so but um because some now people get confused now if arbiter of the ideal because the counter itself isn't isn't creating the ability if the yeah. arbiter of the ideal dies the cre- the things you have on the battlefield with manifestation counters on them are no longer enchantments yeah they are it's because um all right this, this isn't a static ability that Arbiter of the Ideal has. Arbiter of the Ideal doesn't say permits with manifestation counters on them are artifacts. They're, gi- are, I mean, are enchantments. They're given the enchantment type when this triggered ability resolves. Oh, so, okay. Alright. Well, that's cool. I was wrong, but hey, at least we all learned something. Except for Mike, who already knew it. Alright. I, no, I, I actually, I'm coming across as a bit sarcastic, but I actually really do appreciate being set straight, because that wasn't the way I thought it worked. I have to say, as a bit of a spoiler, this one may be the pre-release slash theme deck card that I'm interested in the most, at least in playing with, because it seems pretty awesome. I always like these sorts of effects. I was playing with, um, prototype portal before, long before it ever became cool or good. And I still don't, I don't do it with things that let you actually set it up. I just do it, you know, so. Hell yeah. Let the good times roll. Ballin'. Especially, especially at the pre-release when your deck is only going to be 40 cards and mostly permanents. Yes. Like, you're going to hit with this a lot. Yeah, I mean, he, he can't rip enchantments, which does make a big difference. But as long as it's something else, you know, it's okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and obviously like planeswalkers, but in a limited format, you know. And what's interesting is, it doesn't say if it's, if it's not one of these types, put it onto the gra- into the graveyard or on the bottom of your library. It just remains on the top of your library. So 
you're going to then, if it's the beginning of your turn, you're going to go ahead and draw it anyway. So sometimes you get that kind of bad feeling from some, like some of those green cards where you reveal cards or look at the top cards and pick a creature and get rid of the rest when you, you see something that you really wanted. In this case, if it's, if it's like an enchantment that's not a creature, oh darn, I still get to draw it right now. So unless it's just something you just don't want, there's really no downside. And uh, real quick, going back to the uh, the name of the counter, since these counters don't actually interact with anything else, I'm almost certain, uh, they named it in such a way to make it, you know, flavorful and cool, because it has absolutely no bearing on the rest of the game. Yeah. So, like, um, oh crap. Quick, give me an example, Mike. <clears throat> what do you mean? An example of what? You didn't finish the question. Charge counters? I'm well, no, because charge counters interact with a lot of stuff. Something that's just got a really cool counter type that doesn't have any bearing other than that card. Fuse counters. Oh, yeah, fuse counters. Is that Goblin Grenade? There's a couple oh, things that use not it. Not Goblin Grenade. There are a couple idiot. things, but... But it's hand... Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. Just to... I thought I, I couldn't break into Brian's stream of consciousness there. Most people can't. <laughs> and dangerous. Ah. Okay, so next up is this uh, draft deck. No, wait. <laughs> the archetype. Yeah, for some reason they listen Dirk, to this in the mechanics. Dirk was, looking at, Dirk was looking at this one earlier. Dirk, do you want to talk about the archetype yeah. of imagination? Yeah, archetype of imagination for four and two blue. <clears throat> it's an enchantment creature, human wizard. It's uncommon. It's a three-two. Creatures you control have flying. Creatures your opponents control lose flying and cannot have or gain flying. It's a 3-2 flyer for six. Mm-hmm. And this is supposed to be a cycle, so each color is going to have it. So we know that blue has has to deal with like flying. the best one? <laughs> well, I can't blue. see... I can't see, like, creatures you control have vigilance and creatures your opponents control lose vigilance and can't have or gain vigilance. I can't see that mattering. Or, yeah. I mean, or, like, actually, no, it will matter when you go to attack with your creature with, insp- with Inspired and it doesn't tap. Oh, that's oh. a whole oh, darn. Why does this guy have to have vigilance? Oh. Damn it, JT, you're awesome. That's cool. <laughs> well, no, then, you'll, then that would make the card hor- hor- horribly worse. If yeah. it turns off all your inspired guys. I wonder if there's not going to be that many guys with vigilance in this set because that that does work kind of counterintuitively with it. So I'm thinking so. the white one will probably be first strike. Right? Yeah, that's what I was thinking. But like, yeah. and I'm I'm almost willing to bet that the green one will be trample. Yeah, even though the creatures your opponents control lose trample and can't have or gain trample, it's kind of dumpy. But whatever. Yeah, like most of these keyword keyworded abilities are just dumb when you get it and they don't, except for flying. Flying is freaking sick when they can't have it at all. Because it basically makes your guys unblockable. Yeah. This is like six mana win target draft game. Almost. Although, you know, there was a there's the Merfolk in um Shadowmoor that said for six mana Blue creatures you control are unblockable, which also says, hey, look, congratulations, your blue deck now wins. So it's not like this has never been heard before. This is maybe a little better because it also then you can hold a guy to a guy or two back on defense. And even that guy that they had before, now they can block him. But 
I'm, it's not like this is completely out of the realm. So Dirk suggested, and we had started to do this, trying to figure out what the other ones would do, because this is the only one we've seen. And we've talked about the white one. Yeah, first strike, and the probably trample. Yeah. What about the I, red one? Like, Would that be haste? Because that's dumb. It wouldn't See, be fire breathing, because that's like, oh. That's even dumber. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Congratulations, mono blue deck. Your stuff Here's doesn't have thing. fire breathing anymore. Here's my thing. I think they're actually going to follow the cycle of bestow creatures that they had in Theros. So the white one will give vigilance, the blue one it gives flying, the red one is going to give first strike wow. because of the spear point spear point oriad. That's what that gave. So I think that makes link up. but that makes the black and white one so incredibly stupid. What was the black one? Uh intimidate. Hmm. hmm. See because the, the second one, ability have, because like, the death. second ability doesn't do anything. Yeah, and that was I was wondering why they showed the best one first because <clears throat> I guess because flying is something that's on a lot of creatures, uh, but like intimidate doesn't show up on a whole lot of things. So shutting down intimidate doesn't yeah like, so do what? anything. Life link could be important. Creatures you control have life link, and creatures your opponents control can't gain life link. Yeah, even if they that's well, wow. That's, even that's if, actually a good thought. Yeah, yeah that was the one I was thinking yeah. too. So I wonder if that would be the black one because that's yeah. very much in the favor flavor of black. That's I still a, don't know about red. Well, though. then then it'll just uh, I don't know. I think that would crowd Erebus if it was the black one. I don't know. It's uh, yeah, maybe. Well, it it might cost like six or seven like this. I don't know. I think the red. He, if if the white one is is that, then the red one would probably be first strike. Yeah. Yeah, that lets red be first. Right? And if the white, if the black one gets the lifelink thing, then I got nothing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mm. I think red almost has to have first strike because there's really not, no other common red ability that you can have. The yeah, fire breathing doesn't make sense. Like Double strike would be stupid. Yeah. yeah. And hate, haste, that would feel, you want to talk about stepping on Erebus. I realized that, uh, Herbrask is not in this block, but it would pretty much feel like Herbrask all over again. Mm-hmm. Okay, except worse, because <coughs> your opponent's dudes don't come in tapped. Yeah. So so I think the red one almost, ha- by process of elimination, almost has to be first strike. And maybe the white one is vigilance, and they just figure, you know, if you're working with inspiration, you can find other ways to tap your guys, or you just kind of figure out when you build the deck, you know, maybe this one does or doesn't belong in there. Huh. But Maybe green will be reach. <laughs> <laughs> Creatures your opponents oh, control lose reach. Can't have or gain reach. So I'm they all look like tyrannosaurs. They're like, Mrr. I'm sticking. I'm sticking with trample. <laughs> oh man! Is, if the green one's reach, I'll go great with the blue one then. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> Holy crap! Your opponent plays an archetype of imagination, and you play an archetype of spiders, and be like, what? <laughs> No, no, you play them both. You play them together. Ah. Then no matter what happens, they can't... Wait, wait, well, let me think about this. Yeah, okay, no matter what happens, they can't block it. Because you can still block an archetype of imagination with a giant spider. Right. But not if you've got an archetype of spiders. I love that name. So, uh... Okay, so let's keep going, for God's sake. Before we move on real quick, though, I just want to say Archetype of Imagination so far has my vote for the best art in this set so far. Yes. I'm not a huge fan. I think the foil is going to be fan-freaking-tastic. Oh, my God. The foil is going to be beautiful. But it's actually 
I'm just going to, to – I can see your point, but I think I'm going to disagree just because I think there's art in here that I like better. Yeah, there's we one a few cards down. That's... So who wants to talk about the next card? And who? Can, I think Mike should have to cover the next card because maybe he'll know how to pronounce it. <laughs> I also haven't gotten a card in a while. Um, uh, Tromocratus is – he's a legendary Kraken. He's rare. For two blue and five, he's an 8-8. Eight, eight. So you get an 8-8 eight, eight for seven. That's pretty good. So Tromocratus has Hexproof unless it's attacking or blocking. And <laughs> I really like this part. Tromocratus can't be blocked unless all creatures defending player controls block it. <laughs> <laughs> and it doesn't say that are able to block it, block it. Which means if one of their guys is like a mana elf and it's tapped, they can't block this guy at yeah. all. Oh my god. Yeah. You didn't realize that? It will, I this is the first time I've actually read the card. Yeah, if they're not blocking with every creature they control, then he can't be blocked. Um, I guess making that one Rakdos Cackler have Unleash uh, really was a bad decision after all. <laughs> I like to, I mean, he's an 8-8 for 7 with Hexproof, except possibly the most important part of the, the part where you want him to have Hexproof the most. Um, cause of, you know, combat tricks. I was gonna say the cleanup step? Oh. No. <laughs> but like, you know, neck snap and divine judgment and. Oh, you all mean sorts Mike's of... turn? No, that's when Dirk's attacking. <laughs> um, but I think he's pretty cool. It's interesting oh, yeah. to see a legendary creature that's not mythic. I've, they don't, they're, they don't have to be mythic and there were several, were several legends in Theros that were not mythic, but this feels big and splashy and cool. So I could see this being a little higher. Maybe if they made it a 9-9 nine, nine instead of an 8-8, eight, eight, but it's still an 8-8. Eight, eight. And even if they block with all their guys, there's a good chance that he'll still survive. So he's and cool. If not, he's taken down a bunch with him. Yeah, yeah. a lot. How, uh, how did you pronounce it again, Mike? I said Tromocratus. Tromocratus, okay. Like, cool. well, I think that's neat about it is that, like you, like you said, it's seven for an eight, eight, when usually blue, if you have a big creature, it's like stupidly expensive for or there to be a big weird. creature in blue. Yeah. Or it has something weird going on about how it can attack. Yeah. Yeah. It comes in with three shell counters and you have to remove a shell counter when it attacks and then you have to eat crab or something. I don't know. <laughs> Huh. Yeah, I think right. uh, Tromocratus is also the launch party promo. Is he? I yeah. should have an. I should have that article open. Like, well, I'm just glad when Zeus says release the Kraken. Now I know what the name of the Kraken is. <laughs> yeah, it's Steve. <laughs> oh, and I don't know if we said it, but Arbiter of the Ideal is the blue um, theme deck and pre-release pack. I think we, we sort of yeah we it. sort of hinted at it. Yeah, I don't think we said it outright though. No. Yeah. Our listeners are smart listeners. Okay, Okay, so enough of Tromocritus. Hey, Chewy, black cards. It's probably Tromocritus. You're probably right, Chewy. Wait, really? I was just saying that. I like yours better, actually. Well, Um, I don't think it's right. I'm calling a pass because I want this best spell ever below it. Okay. Um... So We're all kind of taking turns or whatever. I don't, I, I don't think I've talked about one in a while. So Ashiok's adept costs two and a black. He's an uncommon human wizard and he's a one three. He's got heroic. Only a small handful, handful of black cards in Theros had heroic. So it's kind of interesting to see another entry here. I think exactly two. 
Yeah, it yeah. was the uh, it was the Agent of Fates and the, the uh, Tormentor Hero. Hero. Torm- yep, yep. Uh, he's got heroic. Whenever you cast a spell that targets Ashiok's adept, each opponent discards a card. That's that's pretty cool. pretty sweet because you're basically getting free, not free, but you're getting extra card advantage. And it's not going to take very long for that to add up, especially in limited. Discard in limited is one of these tricky concepts where sometimes you're drafting a deck and you just don't have a playable 23rd card, so you get like a mind rot. And in some formats it's good, and in a lot of formats it's just kind of eh. But there are so many situations where if you just chip away at their hand a little bit at a time, it can actually make a big difference. And the fact that, again, you're getting, you already got a creature, the things that you're targeting this guy with are probably getting you some sort of advantage. So this is just gravy on top of that. And it's a 1-3, um, so it's got a, a nice little bit of toughness there. So Yeah, it's, um, it's, it's got a Kardashian going here, you know. I don't think it's quite a Kardashian, but it's at least a Lopez. Um. <laughs> but, uh, so I like this because if you use its uh, heroic ability once, then you're good. If you manage to get two out of this in a, in a, a limited game, that's freaking amazing. And any yeah. more than that, who cares? Yeah. <laughs> and then by then, this guy is probably buff and he's going to town on him and, if they can manage to kill it, then, you know, it frees up everything else you got. So, yeah. Uh, going into Theros, it really wasn't clear how good Heroic was going to be, how good the enchantments were going to be. And, you know, is it really wise to just pile a lot of things on one guy or can you really get punished for that? And you can get punished for it. But honestly, from my experience doing several drafts, doing several sealed formats was most of the time they've created a, a, fo- format now in Theros where it was the right thing to do. So you don't have a whole lot of things that punish that kind of behavior. And in fact, you're encouraged to do it. So targeting this guy with three or four things may not be that unheard of. They don't all have to be enchantments. You might have um, like the the Titan strength or what the plus three plus one and scry one. Yeah. Little things like that that add up. So... Yeah, but the Sweet. biggest thing is the fact that they did make it so that the enchantments are something you want to use, since yeah. with Bestowed, it, there's no real downside if your creature gets um, targeted with something before you can put it on it. Yeah. Right. So, like, you target this thing with the Bestow, cre- uh, bestow creature as an aura, and you get to make them discard a spell. And your Ashiok's Adept gets bigger, and you get a creature if he dies, whether or not the Enchantment even resolves. That's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to go on a limb and say it's pretty good. So, next. Next is... Oh, I love this. This is amazing. The art is fabulous. The art is really creeping me out right now. I know. This is my favorite on this page right now, I think. And the... uh, Okay, I'll just read it. Drown in Sorrow for one black black. It's an uncommon sorcery. And I love it. <laughs> All creatures get minus two, minus two until end of turn. Pretty standard in uh, black. Scry one. What's uh, that? What's that called? Infest. Um, infest. Yeah. Infest First printed in onslaught. Infest was a. Was it a? Was it an instant? Which one was an instant? I think it was a sorcery for for this same mana cost. I think this is just infest with scry, with scry. one. Yeah. Yeah. The instant <clears throat> was um, hideous laughter. 
which costs two and two black. Yeah, and, and it, it was, was arcane. arcane. Yeah. So this is a better infest, which just sounds weird because infest is now, pretty good. When the red equivalent of this costs, what? It, what is the? Oh crap! What is that called? Pyroclasm. No, no, no. In in Theros. What? Anger no. of the gods. Right. Anger of the gods costs what? Uh, three. Is it? Is it? It's just three. Yeah. yeah, it's one and two red. Oh. It doesn't have scry and it's three oh, damage. I'm not sure. Uh, I thought there was one that was... Was there one printed recently that was two damage to everything that was more expensive? Um, no. <laughs> Why don't we just keep moving? Well, fair enough, but, uh... I mean, I was, just, we're uh, just not sure what you're talking about, so... Yeah, I'm not either, so don't feel bad. But, so uh, the art is freaking creepy. Is that yeah. a kid just, like, kneeling around all these dead bodies? And there's, like, a wall of tortured souls in the air above him. Oh, it's freaking brilliant. Yeah. I don't know if it's a kid. It might just be some guy. I think it's some guy. The flavor text is awesome. Oh, read that. The sad truth is that the whip of Erebos is long enough to wrap around all our throats. Parasophia, the philosopher. Death comes for us all. All of us right now, because that jerk cast is sorcery. <laughs> so... The, Sweet. the toilet's running. That's why I'm not saying anything. <laughs> Go on to the next. I love this card. It's amazing. Go on to the next one. All <laughs> right. Uh, uh, I don't know who. We're not. Uh, hey, you yeah. who just read flavor text, read us this card. All right. So next one is Eater of Hope. It's five and two black for a creature demon. It's a rare, and I believe this is also the uh, black promo for the decks and the pre-release. That is it correct. Is, it is a 6-4 flyer, and it has, for a black and sacrifice another creature, regenerate Eater of Hope, and for two, a black and sacrifice two other creatures, destroy target creature. This thing is going to be crazy at the pre-release. It's going to be pretty nuts. Yeah, and you it's a demon. You won't always be able to pull off that second ability, but the abil- just the fact that it's there means you have to really play hard around it because unconditional creature destruction it doesn't say non-black it doesn't say non-enchantment it doesn't say mike's creature you know it it's any creature that's pretty strong it reminds me a lot of the demon that was the promo for uh theros i was just thinking about that because yeah. you know there's going to be one person at the free release who open, who goes black, gets their promo Eater of Hope, and then opens a Born Overlord in their packs. Oh, that's not right. They do play pretty well together, don't they? Play them oh, both. Yeah. Oh, wait. <laughs> no more old versus new. Sorry. I really yeah. hope, just as a quick aside, I really hope everyone listened past the beginning of the music. I'm just saying. I'm sure <laughs> they did. I hope they did. Because they missed the entire half of the episode. <laughs> you, you did put the little thing in the show notes, so Dude, if they didn't, the if they didn't do it, then you know. Keep in uh, mind that only like two people heard that phrase before Shuey put it in the show notes. I think it was exactly two, but yeah. it doesn't it was matter. Exactly. It was awesome. Um, do we have anything more to say about the demon? I mean, I feel like I should say more, but it's pretty straightforward. You play it, and then. You keep yeah. it alive by sacking other things, and then you sack other things to 
kill other things. I'm just. Yeah, I mean, yeah. sacking two other creatures to blow up one creature sounds kind of bad, and over the long game it is, but that's not what this is for. This is for, oh, you played that stupid, like, archetype. Oh, yeah, watch this. Well, it's dead, now I hit you for six. I, you sack the things that you don't really care about anymore to get rid of the one thing that you really do care about. Exactly. Oh, you were, you were lucky enough to get a Master of Waves. Uh, I know which card I'm going to destroy. <laughs> so, and if you were, if you, if they have more things than you can deal with between your creatures and having a six four, which you know also regenerates, if you still can't deal with it, then it almost doesn't even matter that you have to sacrifice two other creatures. You're already too far behind. So, yeah. Yep. Okay then. I'm just trying to figure out how it's going to kill Mike. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna activate that last ability just a few too many times and screw myself over. So now I have. He's a... gonna, uh, he's gonna somehow use it on, and Phage is gonna jump into play. I don't know how, <laughs> but it's gonna happen. Mike is gonna open the next card, and it's actually going to kill him. <laughs> it's not even, it's not even a demon. It Maybe is. he'll, fli- he'll flip over, he'll flip over the Eater of Hope, and yeah. Uh, yeah. Exactly. Well, then yes. what is the next card? The next card is the Pain Seer. Pain Seer. For, for a black and one, he's a 2-2 rare human wizard, um, and he has an inspired ability. Whenever Pain Seer becomes untapped, reveal the top card of your library and put that card into your hand, you lose life equal to that card's converted mana cost. So they might as well just... You bob. The Dark yes. Confidant. Yeah. Uh, they might as well say Dark Confidant, make it into like a keyword. Yeah. Uh. Um, <laughs> I like Bob better. When he untaps, yeah, Bob. <laughs> I think heard of bobbing this, for apples. No, this is fairly strong. You know, obviously, if you, I mean, you just can't not compare it to Dark Confidant. I mean, yeah, this yeah. is what you do. They both cost two, one in black. This one has an extra point of toughness, but you don't get to do it that very first turn unless you've got some sort of tapping shenanigans going on. Um, and then from then on, you, it's not. Automatic, but you also have the potential to do it more than once a turn. Um, this feels really strong. I, uh, I think it feels all right. I'm I'm looking at black, and I'm I'm thinking about what's already here in standard, and thinking about thought seize, and thinking about some of the sheer power that it's got. And I'm I mean, mono black devotion is one of the strongest decks in standard, and every time people think that they've got it beat, it wins another open, because it's just that good. And because Grey Merchant of As-whatever is... um, It's Gary. It's Gary Merchant of Asphodel. Asphodel, thank you. um, (laughs) Is one of the best commons to see print, possibly ever, and certainly not, certainly in a very long time. Everything is there for it. It's It's not like it needs a whole lot. Now, with something like this... You throw in even more card advantage, it gets, it's already pretty good. Does it, does that deck need this? I don't know. I think Pack Rat is probably better, but Pain Seer plus Pack Rat to draw. I don't see this getting played. No, the Underworld Connections has all that stuff under control. Mm. And on two, you just want to play Pack Rat. Yeah. I still, I just, I can't look at this card and not think that there's some potential just because Oh yeah. Any anything with the dark confidant ability has to at least be considered for a little while. I realize we've got the flying one that does it for everybody, 
And that's just kind of a different situation. But once again, that's a mythic. That at least shows that they are aware that this sort of thing is powerful. So anyway, I don't want to keep talking about it. I just, I'm keeping my eye on that one. I realized that it may not show up, but it wouldn't surprise me if it did show up. Was Dirk just giggling at you? (laughs) Dirk is giggling at you. Sorry? At least I think Dirk is giggling at you. Okay. Oh, hello. Ryan in my head. Okay, so I don't know where that happened, but we're back now. If it was anybody an alternate out there, timeline. If anybody out there knows things, please explain to me why it is that when I microwave something, my Wi-Fi goes, uh, it's really a pain when I have to microwave something that's going to take like 10 or 12 minutes. Or longer, and I'm trying to watch something on Netflix. Oh my god. I might as well just stop the, the Netflix and go take a dump. Because <laughs> Netflix is going to take a dump anyway. Yeah. I'm assuming it has something to do with the microwaves flying around your apartment. I don't understand. <laughs> like, it used to be a lot worse, but we changed the frequency on the router of the Wi-Fi. Yeah. And that made it not as bad, but apparently it's not good for Skype. But oh well, moving on. So, let's go to red. Because I'm chewy. Or something. Ever flame, uh, is it Edelon? Edelon. Edelon. Ever flame. The Ever flame Edelon. For one in a red, it's an uncommon enchantment creature spirit. And it's a 1 1 with bestow of two in a red. And it has red, uh, for one red. Everfire Edelon gets plus one, plus O until end of turn. If it's an aura, Enchanted Creature gets plus one, plus O until end of turn, and Enchanted Creature gets plus one, plus one. Now, wasn't there already a fire-breathing Bestow guy in Theros? No. No? I I really thought there was. I don't think so. No, there there was um, the... Oh, Erebus' Emissary. You could discard cards... Yeah, but that's in black. The enchanted guy, yeah. Yeah. That was the only pump one I can think of. The the fire-breathing one was Dragon Mantle, is the one that let you draw a card. And that's what I was thinking of, and obviously Uh, that's not not Bestow. So, okay. So now we have a fire-breathing Bestow guy, who also gives that static plus one, plus one all the time, which is cool. So... I really like tiny... Fire breathing on something like this is so useful because fire breathing allows you to what we call trade up, which means you take a guy that has a fairly low convert mana cost or low investment and you trade it with one of their guys that's more expensive or is just a better guy because you put the mana into it um, to, to give it more power. And the fact that then with this guy, you're then still left with another fire breather. It's pretty sweet. What was Mike going to say? Um, not in the exact words, but I was going to say what you just finished saying. And it was about why I like tiny fire-breathing guys in limited. Some of the, I mean, if you play duels at all, there are some of the challenges, like in last year's, which is, I haven't played a whole lot of this year's, but uh, where there's like the dragon roost, and it starts just playing like dragon whelps and then furnace whelps, and you're like, everything I could attack with will die because they're just going <laughs> to pump the heck out of their little guy, and my you know great awesome guy is just going to die. So it's kind of a bad feeling, unless you're the one controlling the dragon. Yeah. Like, I've traded Bellows Lizards for, like, four and five mana creatures before. Feels mm-hmm. great. 
<clears throat> that does Sweet. feel pretty good. So okay then. Yep. Fire breathing is fire breathing. See the the great thing about this guy though is not only does he give your creature fire breathing so it can trade up, but then you get instead of a stupid one one, you get a stupid one one that can still kill something really big. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So you get to do it twice. Yay. Okay, next. Next. Who's this that? guy I love. I just covered one, so I'm not going to take it, but I love this guy. Do you love this guy? I love this guy. I guess I'll read this guy. Wait a minute. I haven't taken anything since Ashiok's Adept. So never Maybe mind. You I'm should taking read this it. guy. <laughs> Flame-wrapped Phoenix. It's wrapped in flames. Except it's wreathed in flames. Oh, wreathed. <laughs> RTFC. Wow. Wow. Well, now he bad. doesn't like it anymore. Uh, <laughs> but wouldn't the wreath catch on fire? Anyway, it, for two and two red. It is a 3-3 three, three with flying phoenix, and it's a mythic, which makes you immediately sit up and pay more attention. So again, 3-3 three, three flyer for 4, which in and of itself is not bad. Yeah. Um, it's got tribute 2, which means you pick an opponent, and as it comes in, onto the battlefield, they choose whether or not they want to put 2 plus or plus 1 counters on it, which means you could end up with a 5-5 five, five flyer for 4, which is a little off the charts. Think, things like, you know, is it Wrathy Dragon, where you have to sacrifice two lands to keep it in play? It two mountains. Two mountains, two yeah. ma- Oh, okay. How, and if they choose not to uh, pay the tribute, well, if they choose not to pay the the, uh, the tribute, it gains haste and the ability, when this creature dies, return it to its owner's hand. Huh. Since it's a phoenix. This is so awesome. There is, li- you play it and there's literally no downside. The only downside is again, they're like, okay, I'll put the two counters on it next turn. I blow it up. And you know what? That's going to happen sometimes. It doesn't change the fact that this is still awesome. I'm pretty sure I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure if, if we're trying to figure out the, the safe mode for this, like what you should choose if you're the opponent, I'm pretty sure you almost always want to be putting those plus one plus one counters on them because even though that makes them huge, you're still, you're, you're not giving them a hasty three, three flyer. So that's an extra turn right there. Yeah. Is my guess. And not to mention the whole Phoenix when it dies, they get it again. You know what really interests me with some of the uh, tribute guys and the reason I mentioned maybe building a deck around these is I want to build a deck with tribute guys and blink effects to just kind of give everybody the ability to make the wrong decision twice or like say they, they don't pay the tribute and I, you know, they get hurt or something. Then I then do it again and they can either get hurt again or they have to give me a big guy. Hmm. I like it. That's an interesting thought. Well, thank you. And since it's, you know, as it enters the battlefield, not um, when it's cast. I just love the, I love the oh, flavor of it. Oh, I gotta stop reading the chat bar. <laughs> I was waiting for you guys to read that one. Yeah. I was um, talking did you about put the chat box. <laughs> so when Brian mentioned he wants to do it with blink effects, of course, I had to mention it. Deadeye Navigator would be good, great for that. Uh, if, if we're talking about blink effects, then yes, Deadeye Navigator. Welcome to the party. But I I love the flavor behind this one just because it's like if you don't pay the tribute, it gets all um, pissed off at you and it'll come into flying, bl- burn out, and then it's going to come back at you again. Mm-hmm. 
I have read too many comments, especially on Salvation, that are saying that it should have haste no matter what. And they felt like it would work better that way. And I feel like so much of the flavor is built into, as as um, as Jason just said, into that being part of the condition that I, I really like it this way. And I feel like it increases if it was if it was haste either way, then you're going to be not paying the tribute a lot more, even even with the um, even with the Phoenix ability that comes with it, you're still yeah. going to be saying, well, I don't want to take five to the face. It's that, that to me does not make sense as far as what they wanted this card to do. Yeah. Five, five so. flyer for four with haste is, it's probably too, if Thundermaw Hellkite is too good, then that's too good. Yeah. <laughs> Thundermaw Hellkite, Hellkite is too good. But I think this was again coming from people where nothing is ever good enough. So yeah, well, salvation forums are actually the armpit of the internet. So that's fine. <laughs> I thought that was Reddit. Oh. Anyway. Anyway. Big Dagron. Big Dagron. I'll read the Big Dagron. It's a Forge Stoker Dragon for four red red. It's a rare dragon. It's a 5-4 with flying and the following ability. Pay a colorless and a red. Forge Stoker Dragon deals one damage to target creature. That creature can't block this combat. Activate this ability only if Forge Stoker Dragon is attacking. So you attack, and he goes... And spits a fireball and gives the dude a hot foot and he goes and he falls over and now he can't block. That's I actually like that explanation a lot. <laughs> oh damn! And he's hopping on one foot. You know you can't block a dragon when you're hopping on one foot going. It it's kind of nice. It's kind of nice that you can only use this when you're attacking because it prevents the whole just pinging stuff to death <laughs> from getting out of hand. Because otherwise you would just go into turn, kill that. Okay. Attack, okay, end of your turn, kill that. You know, and this co- makes you do it very proactively. That is some awesome fire in the art, by the way. That's I mean, pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. It's like napalm. Whoa. But yeah, it's, I mean, keep in mind, this, that creature can't block at all. So it's great for getting other dudes through, too. <laughs> which is, uh, pretty awesome. Play this guy with the Kraken. <laughs> Sorry, did I laugh? That's awesome. I'm trying to count how many guys are actually burning in the art. I can see four, I think? Maybe it's just three? There's a dude under his foot, too, isn't there? Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> this is the... Did Chewie, I don't think Chewie mentioned it. This is the red promo. Oh, yeah, this is the red promo. and uh, So intro pack and pre-release, yeah. Oh, um, I, pull, I was, for some reason I was having a hard time with my... Internet, and I don't know if it was Chewy's microwave or what, uh, but the Pain Seer, the not Bob that we talked about, mm-hmm. is the top eight game day prize. Ooh. Yeah, that's right. That's pretty cool. And the buy a box is a red card that is not listed in here. So we'll we just put that in the, in the chat because I haven't seen it. Yeah, we'll pick that up later if we get time. Yeah. Right. Okay. okay. So, Dirt, green card. And it's an awesome green card. Woohoo! Uh, we got Faded Intervention, and it's for two and three green. It's an instant that's a rare. Put two, three, three green centaur enchantment creature tokens onto the battlefield. If it's your turn, scry two. I like Interesting. it. Interesting. It yes. kind of reminds me, I think it's part of a cycle based on 
well, the red buy a box promo that we'll get to later. Uh, instance that if you play them during your turn, you get somewhat sort of effect, probably all scry too. But again, we'll, we'll get to that later. It reminds me of a cycle of, um, oh, instance. Um, I think they were all uncommon spells in time spiral. Well, I was gonna, I was gonna talk about spiral, uh, the spiral, the, the cycle of cards from invasion block that were all sorceries that could have flash, or were they instants that were cheaper if they were cast as sorceries? They like were route. sorceries that you could pay two more to give them flash. Okay. Like, r- route is one of them. So Yeah. So the thing I have a question about is, why does it say enchantment? Just because these are enchantment creatures. Um, like, you know, like some of the... the, the like, the creatures with bestow are all enchantment creatures. So basically anything made by the gods is also an enchantment. Yeah. yeah. There like was, that's why that's why the creatures that the hammer of Perforos makes are enchantment golems. That's exactly what I was gonna mention. So yeah. Well the the reason why I ask is that there is no point in them having the enchantment part to it because they're not enchanting anything and there is no bestow cost to them. No, it just makes but, it it's it's flavorful and it gives them another well another weakness really, and possibly another strength if you're like counting enchantments or something like that. Yeah. So, gotcha. Yeah, it it it's there it's there just to tie in with the rest of the set basically. Okay. This is not the first time they're doing it. Yeah, I, that's what Captain was like. Why does it say enchantment? Why doesn't just say two three three green centaur creature tokens? Why is enchantment thrown in there? Yeah, it's, it's because. Yes, because the god is making them so Nylea <coughs> made them herself. Yeah. Okay. Nylea comes home from school. Yeah. Look at what I made you. Six <laughs> power for five mana is, especially at instant speed, is really good. That's a combat trick right there. Oh, that's yeah. a badass combat trick. And if you somehow combat it on your turn, no, okay, that'd be dumb. But yeah, it's a great combat trick. It's, <laughs> it's a great end of turn. Here's some dudes. And if you don't, if you do it during your turn, you get to scry. I scry like two. Yeah. Scry, there's so much scry one in these sets that it really, really makes you appreciate how good scry two is. So yeah. yeah. I like it. All right. Okay, next is the green promo okay. and intro pack card. Yeah, the green. And uh, I was excited to see this one because this is the Hydra. All the all the art for the Hydra heads in the Hydra challenge deck are clipped from this creature's art. Oh, cool. Yeah, so the Hydra is the Nessian Wilds Ravager. And for two green and four, it's a 6-6 six, six Hydra. It's rare. Um, and it has tribute six. And when it enters the battlefield, if the tribute wasn't paid, you may have the Nessian Wilds Ravager fight another target creature. So let me get this straight. This is ridiculous. If I don't pay your stupid tribute, then you get a 6-6 creature for 6 that also acts as a removal spell. And if I do, if I say no, I don't want to do that, you get a 12-12. Also correct. I don't like this scenario. Unless... I can take it. This is the green promo. Yeah, if you've got chump blockers extraordinaire, then yeah, hell yeah, have a twelve twelve. I don't care. <coughs> but re- like one trample later, and you're screwed. <laughs> yeah, I'm wondering. I might, much- to- I might totally play green at the pre-release. I'm wondering how much I'm gonna hate green by the end of the pre-release if Probably I have seen too many of these things. 
It's let, make no mistake. This is good. Yeah, because mm-hmm. a six six fighting something is probably gonna kill it. Let's be real. It's yeah, the, the vast majority of the things that you could see on the other side of the table are gonna die. Heck, even if you can't kill their most important thing, you can still at least knock them down by one and get a six six. So yeah. well, it's like the giant right above it. If you say, okay, I'll pay the tribute. Well, they've got a 5-5. Five, five. Well, you drop this. If you don't pay the tribute, the giant just took five to the head, and now it's dead. So you didn't have to worry about paying or taking the five damage from the giant being in play, and you just killed it. See, here's that uh, removal spell that the, the people on Salvation are always holding. Sometimes it's a Nessian Wild Ravager. Yes. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. sometimes, sometimes your your tribute guy is also a kill spell. For your uh, for their trippy guy, wow, that's trippy. It's very existential, isn't it? All right, so read the next card. <laughs> Who's reading the next card? JT is. JT, read right. the next card. I'm saying he is. <laughs> Sky Reaping for one and a green. It's a sorcery uncommon. Sky Reaping deals damage to each creature with flying equal to your devotion green. Pretty simple. Yeah, it's pretty Not pretty so nice actually. Each creature with flying. Now keep in mind it's wow. all creatures as well, mm-hmm. but still that's yeah. pretty cool. It's a it's really Cheap hurricane that just needs some effort. Yeah. Which in this uh, block is really not so much of a problem. No. Play that archetype of imagination. Play Uh, it. Play it. I mean, even if you can only come up with three symbols, that's going to kill a whole lot of stuff. Yeah. And three damage, a three point hurricane for two mana, that's that's half price. That that kills at least one thing is great. And then kills anything more than one thing, you're just boom. Golden. And here's the other thing: if your devotion to green is that high, you probably don't have that many flyers to begin with. That's right. a good point. Very good. Yeah, I like that it's spearing a harpy. Yes. And it's very graphically spearing a harpy. Yeah. Buh. Yeah. So, so, this... so when I think about it, I can't think of any non-permanent stuff in Theros that cared about devotion. It was all on permanence. Which makes sense because devotion itself, mm-hmm. you know. But so yeah, this is kind of taking it in a bit of a different direction. Yeah. Now I have to look that up. Devotion search. Um, the name Sky Sky Reaping in and of itself is an awesome name. That is pretty awesome. I'm reaping the sky. What did you do today? Oh, I reaped. I reaped the. If careful. <laughs> <laughs> I did the thing to the sky. Oh, here's one. Never mind. That's increasing devotion. Okay. Sorry. Wrong step. <laughs> So we'll just assume Mike's right and keep moving because we have gods. Mike is right. Everything from Theros that had the word devotion on it is a permanent. See? Yeah. So a god. Now, Mike, when you yes. were sitting on my couch, <laughs> did had you seen any of these? No. So that means you're a genius and I love you. <laughs> how much How much of this did he predict? Uh, Just the uh, important thing. Actually, Mike, read it. I don't care right. whose turn it is. <laughs> so... So one of the pantheon of the ten minor gods of two colors is uh, Ephara, god of the polis. And for two, a white and a blue, she's a 6-5 legendary enchantment creature god mythic who is indestructible. And as long as your devotion to white and blue is less than seven, Ephara isn't a creature. Uh, at the beginning of your up- – at the beginning of each upkeep – sorry, I almost read it wrong. At the beginning of each upkeep – if you had another creature enter the battlefield under your control last turn, draw a card. So, 
what Mike was right about. We were sitting here on my couch on Sunday discussing how the devotion to the for the multicolored gods was going to work, and we, we you know during the discussion we were like, so do you think it'll be like hybrid? You know, does it have? Will it count up whites and blues and just that'll be your devotion to both at once? And Mike was like, yeah. And we were like, if you do that though, the numbers got to go up. And Mike said, yeah, seven. And I was like, sure, that sounds good. Why not? We even didn't, didn't we even, we also did talk over maybe like some situations about how, you know, you know, a, a creature with this kind of mana cost is this for a one color god and this for a two color god. And that puts you only X away from waking it up, which is about the same, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. But yeah, seven just made a lot of sense at the time. And also, seven is a number that Magic likes to use. So, it's another one of the Magic numbers. Magic like MTG, he made. Yes. Yeah. But yeah, so, the second ability is a little weird. And of course, the first time everyone read it, they go, so I have to play Flash creatures or Instant Speed Token creatures? That's stupid. And then, you read it again and you go, holy crap, it says each upkeep. Yeah. So now it doesn't matter... Oh, whose turn it is. Did I play a creature last turn? Yes, draw a card. So it triggers on yours. Did I play a creature last turn? No, because it was his turn. Okay. And then during his turn, you're like, did I play a creature last? I did! So that's awesome. You can use the flash creatures and instant speed tokens to, you know, get the bonus. But even without the bonus, it's still cool. Yeah, notice it doesn't trigger for each creature. It triggers for each upkeep. Right. So you only get one... You don't get a card for each creature. You just get a card if that happened. But it also doesn't require you. It doesn't say if you cast a creature spell. So, yeah, hey, Heliod. Yeah, blink a dude, make a token, whatever. It counts. Sweet. Yeah. I don't know if it's any good or not, but it's definitely cool. I mean, it's a 6-5 for 4. It's not going to enter the battle. It's not going to start rumbling anytime soon. Um, although I could maybe see with, with like a mono white deck that splashed blue, like with the white blue temple or something. Yep, yep. Um, but you know, you're not, you're probably not rumbling with this right away, but it, I, I think it's pretty cool. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if, um, the two color gods were a fair bit bigger than the single color ones, you know, because of the seven devotion requirement and the fact that there's two colors. So like at Ifara, the blue white, it has, you know, perforo stats. <laughs> Yeah. So she's she's point. pretty big. Now, one thing that we we thought might happen was, or somebody did. I don't remember if that was Mike or not. Somebody and I were talking. Maybe that the devotion to the two colors will still be five, and they just won't be indestructible. Because, I don't remember thinking that. Okay, that wasn't I don't you then. That either. It was like that. That was a conversation I was having with somebody at some point, and I think that might work, but it doesn't matter because that's not what they did. So oh well. No, yeah, I, I mean, as I far would, as I as far down the not indestructible idea the second I heard it. Yeah, I mean, but they're the minor pantheon. The the minor <laughs> gods, but they're still <laughs> they're still gods. gods. Yeah. So yeah, you don't want to piss off Hestia because Hestia will mess you up. And there's a bunch of people right now going, "Who the hell is Hestia? <laughs> Look her up. She no one cares, but she will mess you up because she's still she a god." <laughs> mm-hmm. Is this the first gold card with the celestial border we've seen? Um, ooh, is it? Uh, I don't think so. It is. Hmm, okay. Ooh, shut down. <laughs> yeah, it is. Slot box. <laughs> Bitch parade. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. So, uh, okay. 
All right, then. Next. <laughs> so that happened. That, yeah, that's a thing. But yeah, the fanatic is, of Xenagos. As far as interesting, and Xenagos has a fanatic. Yes, he does. Yeah, what's he do? Because at this point in the storyline, Xenagos has actually entered the Pantheon and become a god, which everybody says is this really unnatural thing, but he was able to do it, and apparently there wasn't a red-green god before, so maybe him being there is, like, completing something or or bringing the universe into balance. Wait, there wasn't? How how do we have a pantheon of ten two-color gods without him? We didn't. Now he's the one. Oh, but, there you go, then. But the gods are so pissed off about this that, I don't know, he shouldn't be... Anyway, the fanatic costs one red and green, and is a 3-3 three, three with trample. So kind of reminds me of some Scab Clan Mauler. And then um, he's got Tribute of One, so he can be a 4-4 four, four. with the Trample. You know, that that's there regardless. And when he enters the battlefield, if Tribute wasn't paid, it gets plus one, plus one, and gains haste until end of turn. This really feels... Oh, and he's an uncommon, in case I didn't mention that. But this this feels like there's nothing you can do wrong with this. And for the opponent, it's like there's nothing you can do right. Because... Either way, it's going to be a 4-4. Four, four. At with least trample. <laughs> with trample. The only difference is, you know, yes, if you if you don't pay the tribute, you have to deal with it right away, but then it's a 3-3 three, three later. If you do pay the tribute, you don't get hit with it this term, but it's a 4-4 four, four forever. And it, it reminds me a bit of the Phoenix, but even with the Phoenix, I don't know. I felt like that was, hmm, I don't know how to describe it. That it felt like there was a big difference between those two abilities. This feels so similar; it's almost like it doesn't even matter which one you pick. They're so close together. Yeah, basically, it's it's you're picking when you feel bad about it. You're either gonna right. feel bad about it right now, or you're gonna feel bad about it later. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So yeah, he's pretty cool. Yeah, I yeah, like he's, him. He's one of those cards that's gonna show up a lot in the decks people are building in the week right after Born of the Gods is is legal. I get that feeling pretty strong. Yeah, I think that's probably accurate. Yeah. All right. Home stretch. Let's let's knock them out. You were wrong about this next one, Ryan. Oh, you, you were it. wrong about this next. Oh, it is. Wrong. It is. I thought it was tap or untap. I guess it would probably be too strong as tap or untap. Yeah. Yeah. Well, tell me what's the right thing. <laughs> I just read a card. Oh. Hey, Dirk. You're awake. Cores follower. What? For a uh, green and a white, or green and a white, green and a blue. These are your colors, man. Right. Come on. <laughs> green and a blue. It's a uncommon merfolk creature that's a 2-2. For You tap it, and it untaps another target permanent. Yeah, I permanent, misspoke. Not I misspoke. creature, permanent. Oh, I, I didn't even see that. See, I got it wrong on two counts. First of all, earlier I was saying I was saying that it was tap or untap, and second of all, I missed that it was permanent. Which, I mean, a land. I mean, hey, you play this on turn two, turn three, or it's like a little rampant growth. I mean, people play the uh, oh the the, the druid all the time, <laughs> and they play um the the little um yeah hell yeah. <laughs> The, uh, one the hell tri- of a voyaging seder. <laughs> wandering, wandering, voyaging seder, yes. Thank you. <laughs> Think about playing this thing with voyaging seder and with, um, Nykthos. Yep, yeah. Oh god. Oh god. That's not cool. It's actually very cool. <laughs> well, it depends on which side of the table you're on. So, Anything obviously. Anything with Inspire will be happy with this as well. Yeah. Oh yeah. So yeah, this, 
Sweet. It's a combat trick. It's a uh, it's a floor wax is a dessert topping. It's so it's acceleration. It's it's a combat trick. It's an inspired trick. Holy crap! And it's a two two for two. So you know, there's that. Mm-hmm. And it's got two tridents, which is funny because it's gonna <laughs> it's just a two two. <laughs> <laughs> this one is for attacking, and this one is for picking you up and flipping you over. Uh, this hand it will destroy, and this other hand it will rebuild. Hey, that's what my my bracelets say. <laughs> well, I'm wearing them right now. Uh, huh? The fact I, that it's two tridents kind of bothers me, actually. Dang it, man! Well, no, because it's flavor text. She may call herself Kiora, but I believe she is Thassa, the embodiment of the sea and the empress, empress of the depths. Meaning, he is a follower of Thassa, right. whose main symbol is a bident. Ah, uh, but see, only Thassa can have a bident. If you have one with only two uh, forks, then you're you're offending. I don't know. I'm just I'm just talking <laughs> my ass. So yeah, on. I, I do think it's funny that the Kiora's whole story here is that she's she's from Zendikar and she's here. And people are like, oh, look, it's a god. And she's like, oh, cool. And she's not like, no, I'm not. A- nope, she's she's digging it. She loves it. She's like, yeah, sure. Tribute, gimme, whatever. Ray, if someone asks if you're a god. <laughs> you just, you know, kind of wink and nod at them. And don't say no. <sighs> no, stop paying me these tributes. Please stop Please. sending me concubines. Yeah. I definitely yeah. don't want all this fresh meat or whatever you do for fish. Fish. Yeah. Fresh fish. Oh, the Shawshank Redemption is the best movie ever. So, next. Next. Chewie, it's your deity. This this is pretty me, I gotta say. This is, this is pretty nuts. Uh, Mogus, god of slaughter. So we've seen the fanatic of Mogus, and we've seen some other Mogus's something. Mogus's... Uh, Mogus's marauder. Uh, Marauder, yeah, and Mogus's monkey, or whatever. So, Mogus, god of slaughter, which, remember kids, you can't spell slaughter without laughter. Uh, for two, a black and a red, he is a big, badass, minotaur-looking, legendary enchantment creature god, and he's mythic. And look at that axe! And look at that armor! I love this guy! So, he's, he's a 7-5. He's a 7-5 for four mana. As long as your devotion to black and red is more than seven, then he's a seven five for four mana. Seven or more. I'm sorry, seven or more. Let's not get people confused. <clears throat> My bad. We do that enough already. I know, right? So. And at the beginning of each opponent's upkeep, Mogus shocks that player unless they sack a creature. Win win, man. Take two or get rid of a dude. And he just sits there and bees indestructible and keeps doing that. This is going straight into the uh, Caravac deck. Oh, yeah. I don't think this will replace Caravac, but it maybe should. It, well, I... You mm, can't replace Caravac. No, I mean... Don't do that. I like this guy a lot, but he's no Caravac. But he will he will walk hand in hand with Caravac, like, down the aisle. Play them both. So. They will skip. They will tiptoe through the tulips. <laughs> <laughs> With the with the little what's that called? Um, uh, uh, oh God, my brain. Just, what is the the thing? Ukulele, you know, and they'll just be happy as people tiptoeing through tulips with a ukulele. What is frolicking? Am I doing this right? <laughs> I think they'd be burning the the burning the the countryside. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm getting tired. It's late for me. Yeah. So let's. Yeah. So Mogus is amazing. Mogus is amazing. Mogus is amazing. Yeah. Spring Leaf Drum, I'm only mentioning it because it's here. It is a reprint. 
So and it is great with uh, inspired. Yes, it is. Yeah, when oh, yeah when people first started talking about Springleaf Drum, obviously you know Springleaf Drum was going to be in Born of the Gods. I was like, why? And then the moment I first read about the inspired ability, I almost started doing the slow clap. Ah. Thinking about Springleaf Drum. Yeah, it is. It is absolutely a brilliant way to solve that problem of. These guys are only good if they attack. This is dumb. Now they are mana creatures. Huh. Yeah. Springleaf Drum is, is powerful. Not just in Affinity. Just... I mean, yeah. I was going to say, if they, they play Springleaf Drum in, in Legacy, that means it's a good card. Yeah. For the most part. That's what that means. Sorry. But okay. Uh, the temples, we now have the white-blue one, the black-red one, and the white-green one. And that means the ones we will see in Journey into Nyx are the black-green and the red-blue. Yeah. So we're waiting on Golgarian Is it? So if you love those guilds, too bad. And aren't we freaking always waiting on Golgarian Is it? So it looks like they're going to do the allied colors this this time and the enemy colors next time. Yeah, it's the minor the gods yeah. and the minor gods in Born of the Gods are the allied colors, and these temples finished out the allied cycle. Yeah. Right. Which makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. So that's cool. So that's yep. everything in the card image gallery right now. Uh, there's yes. one more in the, um, what is this? Promo cards. The promo which cards. Which we have to talk about because this is weird. Oh, we didn't yeah. mention that Curious Follower is the participation promo for game day. Right. Oh, right. The, the green So be untapping some permanents, yeah. Hell yeah. And then the buy a box promo. Dirk, what is this buy a box promo? Faded Conflagration. For one and three red, it's an instant that's a rare... Faded Conflagration deals 5 damage to target creature or planeswalker if it's your turn, scry 2. Now, Mike, yeah. why is that weird? Um, well, it's not weird anymore. I mean, Dreadbore made it stop being weird. No, this is still weird. This, 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 this has never been done before, not never. This is the first burn spell. It's true, it technically hasn't before. been done before, but to me, Dreadbore made it stop being weird. I mean, it's the first card that actually specifically deals damage to a Planeswalker. Yeah, as opposed to using the Planeswalker rule to deal yeah. damage to a player and then shunting it to a Planeswalker. Yeah. But the thing so, is, you know, four mana for five damage to a player and then you scry two is wildly... That's just not okay. So Is it? I don't think so. Four damage. Oh, especially, well, okay, not it. Well, I guess, especially at instant speed, but it, then you don't get to scry two if it's not your turn. Yeah, but who cares? This name is clunky. Faded, <laughs> I realize that uh, apparently the cycle is faded X, you know, faded this, faded that, but it, as Dirk demonstrated, this does not roll <laughs> off the tongue. Yeah, and Dirk wasn't said, having problems for no reason. Like, I can <laughs> read it in my mind without problem, but. Faded conflagration. I had to, to be honest, I can barely read it in my mind without problem. And it's just kind of <laughs> silly sounding. You could do say you, like faded, faded fire stuff? or something, you know, <laughs> F- prophesied fires. But instead, it's just they picked a word for fire they don't use a whole lot, and it just ends up being clunky. So it's still a cool card. Don't get me wrong. Oh yeah, and so so now you can deal damage directly to planeswalkers, which has never been done before. And this also means. Like, it might not matter very often, but as somebody pointed out on 
Monday Night Magic, I think it was Schofield, because, you know, he's awesome. You can now burn out your own Planeswalker if you have some bizarre-ass reason to do so. <laughs> That's true. Which, like I said, uh, there's uh, it's got to be the most corner case in the history of ever, but it's possible. <laughs> I played Garrick Relentless, and the turn I played him, in response, an opponent flashed in a copy of Doubling Season and gave it to me so that I... He entered the battlefield with too many counters, so but I want to flip him to the backside. So <laughs> there we go. Hell yeah, let's flip him to the backside. I mean, uh, <laughs> it's important to note that this can't target players. What we're giving up is if this is you know the card you draw to finish up the game, you cannot hit a player with this. So it's just worth noting. I'm not saying that makes it bad, but. Oh yeah. It's never gonna, and somebody somewhere is gonna go and Faded Conflagration you and they're gonna be like, no. <laughs> or they're gonna, or they're gonna pack it up and later realize, hey. Yeah, yeah don't do that. <laughs> it's pre-release, don't do that. Yeah, that'll don't be pack bad. it up. Now, uh, I would say we should stop there, but I just remembered the whole reason that we brought JT on was cause he, he brought up these two cards, so I, w- I wanna knock those out real quick. Okay, so we're not All gonna right. deal the, we're not doing the ones in the articles today. We're just doing the Yeah, other let's ones. just knock these last two out, and the rest of them will show up in the card image gallery for next week, because it's already okay. late as hell for you two. So, uh, Searing Blood. This is really cool. Searing Blood for Red Red is an uncommon instant. It deals two damage to target creatures. When that creature dies this turn, it's got awful positive outlook on things, doesn't it? Searing <laughs> Blood deals three damage to the creature's controller. So it, it, shock a dude... And if that creature dies, when that creature dies this turn, you bolt the player. The fact that it says when and not if is kind of throwing me off a little bit. I, yeah, like I said, it seems to it, be awful it has to It has to say when because it's creating a delayed trigger. Right. Okay. Kind of, it feels like an amalgamation of, um, what is it, Farika's Cure and Time to Feed? Uh-huh. For me, it feels a lot yeah. like Searing, Searing Blaze, Blaze that, yeah. that doesn't that doesn't need a uh, a landfall trigger, but right. it's a little less damage to the creature. Actually, now that you mention it, when so it was Aaron Forsyth who posted this on Twitter, and when he tweeted about it, he literally said, "Here's an aggressive goodie, landfall. We don't need no stinking landfall. Take three. Huh. Oh, he so, also said, yeah. "Bam." No, oh, yeah. Don't forget, so, take three. Bam. <clears throat> but that two damage. I mean, the fact that it can't kill something with three toughness, that's kind of a bummer, and that's pretty much the only downside. They're, eh, this is something you first pick, like, a lot. Like, a lot. So, the the other one that uh, showed up while we were recording, which uh, went to, you said Wizard's Instagram account? Yeah. It's so weird. Uh, is actually Xenagos. So, I just put the link in the show notes, or in the uh, com, com chat. There we go. Somebody read this. I don't care. You put it in the wrong chat. Put it in the wrong chat? I have it yeah. open. I'll read it. Okay. Go right. ahead. Oh, here so, Xenagos, God of Rebels. For three, a red and a green. He's a legendary enchantment creature god. <sighs> All right. He's a mythic. He's indestructible. As long as your devotion to red and green is less than seven, Xenagos is not a creature. And at the beginning of your turn, another Turk creature you no, control. No, 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 wait. No, 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 no. At no. the beginning of combat on your turn. Sorry. There we go. Another That's target cool. creature you control gains haste and gets plus X plus X until end turn where X is that creature's power. And he is a 6-5 whenever he is a creature. Hmm. That that toughness pumping, I don't want to underestimate that because so many of these effects, when you think about like um, 
like Fatal uh, Frenzy is the one. That Fatal Frenzy, yeah. or 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 the land that we had for two years that uh, yeah that one. Wolf, Wolf Run, Run. <laughs> yeah the Keswick Wolf Run. Those pump power and not toughness. The toughness actually matters, especially if you're doing this every turn because it doesn't have to be a creature that just entered the battlefield. If the fact we corrected him on when it triggers, and that's important because you can play a creature. And then at the beginning of your combat, say, oh, look, this is the creature I choose because it gains the haste. Or if you just want to take one of your other guys and make it bigger, you can just choose that. If he plays in a ghost before combat, then you can – he effectively has haste himself because he can give another creature that's already been out haste in the plus X plus X. So he can start affecting the board immediately. He feels like a planeswalker, except you don't have to hold anything back to protect him. This guy is good. I'm this guy is really, really good. Do all um, of the other gods so far cost just four? Cause the ones that we've do. seen, the yeah. ones, we, but this, and this guy costs five. Mm-hmm. The only so, other one that does not cost Four so far besides Thassa, um, right? Yeah, Thassa. Oh, that's yeah, right. Yeah, Thassa just costs three. That's right. Okay. Oh, I thought we were talking about the gold ones that we were previewing today. I was so, just oh, you're, you're, you're saying all of them? Yeah. Yeah, but they're uh, right. Thassa just costs three. Thassa costs three. The rest costs four, and then this guy costs five. Costs okay. five because that's really powerful. That's like, really. I mean, you don't. And it's not that difficult to get extra combats. No. Oh, 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 ooh. And here's the other thing. Remember earlier when I mentioned someone at the pre-release opening their uh, black and getting the Abhorrent Overlord with their promo? Mm -hmm. Someone is going to go green, have their um, Nessian Wilds Ravager, and open Xenagos. So they're going to go turn (laughs) five Xenagos, turn six Ravager. I want you to figure out which one, if you're going to pay the tribute on that one or not. Uh, I think I probably just... would. Well, it still depends on if you have a bunch of chump blockers. Yeah. <laughs> like if I've got like four guys out, I'll yeah, you can have it. It's fine. But it's, <laughs> yeah. it's sure, attack me with a twenty-four, twenty-four. 24 <laughs> that I'll but just no, jump. That's but fine. I mean, because this guy cares about power, tribute is going to work really well with him because you know they're bigger. So I could hmm. I could see this guy being being a card and constructed for the top of the curve. You've got these other guys. Maybe you've got like a madcap skills or something. You know, some some guys with good power to convert mad cost ratio. Red green monstrous is already a deck. Yeah. So you just throw this in on top of that wine as a one of. What the hell? Why not? <laughs> uh, Zenigo, fanatic of Xenagos. He really likes oh his. Oh God, boss. he's got trample. Oh. Yeah, and he's either gonna be. A six six or an eight eight with trample, and, and that first he's gonna, gonna be an eight eight. He's always gonna be an eight eight, oh, and he's always gonna have haste. If yeah. He's the guy. yeah. Oh Jesus, this is awesome. <laughs> yeah. This is this one is good. We we've been wrong before. This one is good. I really like that Xenagos is like he wants to be Dionysus, like he's a god of partying. Yeah. And and in the story, his party is partying so hard that he's like destroying things, like yeah. the, like the fabric of reality things. <laughs> like he, they're partying so hard that they're gonna like break into Nick's and like cause a lot of property damage. Or something. From, <laughs> from a story perspective, this is a guy, and he's not. It's important to note he's not just any guy. He's a planeswalker. He's literally walked in 
a lot of the worlds in the multiverse. He's seen what there is to see, and his whole goal is, I want to throw a big party. Yeah, party other, down. other people walk the cosmos and gain enlightenment or gain uh, allies against power, other enemies. Or and, and, he, and he is like, I'm going to be a god. And what am I going to be a god of? I'm going to be the god of rebels. Well, you know those guys who, when they go to a new town, they like seek out microbreweries and just drink drink the, the different beers? Mm-hmm. This guy's doing that, but on like a multiversal level. <laughs> he's like, "Give me some ale, man." But he's also <laughs> extremely driven, and he clearly has no. I guess traveling the multiverse has kind of shown him that his gods on the plane that he came from are not maybe as sacrosanct as everybody makes them out to be. And he, he's looking at him. He's like, "I could do that. I could do that." <laughs> So, and he's definitely willing to push them to the side. Oh so. my god, he's Jim Carrey. <laughs> so, Chewie, after the microbrewery comment, I'm now imagining Xenagos in a bar drunk with Rakdos and be like, dude, dude, dude. try this. You have to try this at your next party. <laughs> and they both probably do leave the bar burned to the ground. So... Like yeah, you know, I said Friday we were in trouble as long as we had people around, and Dragos was like, "Oh yeah, well I just kill half of my friends." And so he goes like, "That's awesome." How <laughs> well got to chill? How well does Xenagos play with Xenagos? Uh, he gets himself out faster. You have four four Seder tokens. Holy crap! You have four four Seder tokens. And if you ever hit the limit break. The god has probably got devotion. Yeah, time to party down. <laughs> this guy really wants to be a twelve eleven with haste. So he really wants to play with himself. He can only target other creatures. Oh, yes. other creatures? Okay. Well, yes, that's another target creature. Eh, so, all right. I guess he'll have to settle. But because he's a god, he can do that. He can be like, look, there's me. What's up, me? You know what you're going to do? It freaking works, man! <laughs> And Xenagos, the planes are going to be standing down here, and he's like, Righteous! <laughs> and then they go get drunk together, and. So they're Bill and wake Ted. Up in the same bed, and that's a problem. What? They're Bill and Ted? Well, I've been watching a lot of uh, Total Drama, Total Drama Island uh, on Netflix, and he's Jeff. So anyone that watches that, you know what I'm talking about. Party on, man! Although we did have God gave rock and roll to you, so yeah, they're also Bill and Ted. Damn it, JT. <laughs> you have to say that now. You can't just put it in the chat. It's brilliant. <laughs> so basically, um, like Chewie said earlier, if Karavek and Mogus are frolicking through the fields together, like have, happy fun time, Mogus or uh, Xenagos and uh, Rakdos are the ones who are drunk on the bar counter dancing the can-can. Yep. They're, they're not wearing shirts, which I don't think you wear shirts anyway. And yeah, they're just feeding quarters and dancing on the ball. Yeah, it's like coyote ugly, but buh. <laughs> Emphasis on the ugly. <laughs> buh. Okay, Dirk, you got anything, or are you asleep? I'm dozing off, guys. Okay, well, uh-huh. let's go ahead and kill it then with uh, the god of partying. It's a good time to pass out. So, Dirk, what you got? <laughs> final thoughts? Um, I like what I see so far. I'm definitely looking. Uh, Xanagos is a good one. I'm curious to see what the archetypes are going to end up being. Uh, 
all in all, I think this looks like a like it, it's coming out to be a pretty good set. I do like that uh, the first set was we really want you to go monocolored, and this set's like yeah, all that work and collection you put put forth into Ravnica, yeah, you can start using them again. <laughs> this set's like you guys remember Ravnica? <laughs> okay, you're yeah, good. you guys can play again. Because yeah. <laughs> we we made that. We're like you know, it's really funny that they go straight from two color, two color, two color to mono, 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 mono. And now they're they're okay. They're breaking it up a little bit. It's fine. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> okay, that's me. Oh, okay. So, Mike. Um, when I watched when I watched the Born of the Gods trailer, uh, I thought it was really cool that that Xenagos was able to exploit the big celebration that everyone had when Elspeth did, you know, whatever she did. That he was able to exploit that party. To, to complete his ascension to godhood. Huh. I that I thought that was a really neat angle. What's the word? Uh, apotheosis? Is that the word for ascension to godhood? Ew. I'm asking the wrong crowd. A- expectorant. Expect. Okay, that must be it. <laughs> Expecto patronum. Aww. <laughs> but yeah, I thought that was really cool. And, um, okay, so if a certain other not named right now rumor is true, I'm going to rebuild my Steel Necro deck. Oh yeah, because I have my land again in the Temple of Malice to replace a Dragon's Fall Summit. I'm gonna play Mogus, even though I'm probably never gonna wake him up because duh. Um, I'm gonna play Drown in Sorrow because of course. Oh my and God, this, that deck is just building itself, isn't it? I know it's gonna be really fun. It's gonna be really fun. It, I'm bringing it back. I can finally stop playing Maze's End. <laughs> uh, no, even, you must always play Maze's End. <laughs> Rotates out, I'll start playing it in modern and hate myself. Yep. Um, With the Tarmogoyf. But yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to maybe rebuilding that deck soon. Sweet. So, Brian? I'm tired. Um, I'm tired. All right. We, uh, my whole family's been a little sick for a while at various stages, and we're all doing a lot better now. But uh, And work has been crazy. And I could tell you a 25-minute story about a case that I had on yesterday that was nuts, and I'm not going to do that. We um, that. So I may be going to Indiana this weekend, but we are really not sure. So, yes, I'm tired. Everything okay? Yeah. It's oh. just with Carrie being sick, she's gotten a little behind on her work. And, you know, things are kind of crazy, and we just aren't sure that we can take off the time. So, oh, no, I meant going to Indiana. I didn't know if there was oh, a no, problem. No. Were you just visiting after Christmas? My my sister is visiting my parents, and we were like, uh, can we come too? And she's oh, like, sure. Oh, God, she's hot. Okay. It had to be said. I don't think it's been said for a while. So. Yeah. It ha- it, I will give you that it hasn't been said in a while. Sweet mother of – anyway. <laughs> I'm done. Or wouldn't it be sweet sister of? Sweets. She is just gorgeous. Okay. Uh, so is that everybody but me and JT? So hey, super secret surprise JT, what you got? Um, I mean, I don't really have much. Uh, thanks again for having me on again. Um, I real I don't have much to do right now because I'm sort of in between terms. So, uh, this was a really good break from the monotony of not having anything to do. Um, the only other thing that I've been thinking about is just like where I'm going to take my decks with Born of Gods. Um, like in standard, I've been playing Esper Heroic, but lately I've just been kind of bored with it. So the, a lot of the blue white stuff I've seen so far, like with Ephara and some of the other stuff that hasn't quite been confirmed yet. 
Um, it's made it kind of easy to see that I'm just going to take a straight blue-white if I stick the bet that deck. So, But other than that, um, yeah, like I said, thanks for having me on again. Um, if, you guys, if any of the listeners actually enjoy my rantings, uh, go check out my Twitter, uh, NerdPop140. And I'm gonna. I haven't been writing much for my blog lately, but I will start again soon. So, sweet. Well, thank you, sir, for the cyberstalk. Because I kind of doubt I would have. Uh, we would have spotted those two and gotten to have this amazing rant about parties and whatnot. So that was fun. <laughs> Yay, cyberstalking! And hmm. I guess that. Oh, me. Uh, right. I might actually go to this pre-release because I'm not burnt out on all things magic, mm-hmm. and I'm I'm really bummed that I didn't go to the last one now that it's gone. Like at the time, I didn't care, and for a good long while afterwards, I was like, yeah, I still don't care. But now I'm I'm like, huh? I have no idea what they're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, you know, playing with this, you can see that I've never played with that. Oh, oh, that was good fun. And like I've never done a, a Theros draft. I was actually talking to. Uh, Flow in Germany, and she said that she won a uh, a draft with Ther- with Minotaur Tribal. I was like, ah, because that's a thing that's possible, and that's freaking awesome. <laughs> that you could play Minotaur Tribal. If only there was some sort of Minotaur thing that makes Minotaurs cheaper. I guess we'll talk about all the possibilities of that next week. But uh, yeah, as far as non-magic-y things, I got nothing. I've been playing State of Decay a lot, and it's amazing, and I hate zombies. It's starting to affect my mind, but I think I said that last week, too. <laughs> and... I think it only took me three or four days to run through the unlocks for the new deck pack. <laughs> Damn. Yeah, they're, they're actually pretty good decks, so I could, so I could win in a de- decent amount of time. That's pretty cool. I still have yet to turn on... <laughs> Magic 2014. I don't think I've even bought it yet. No. Well, don't buy it if you're not going to play it, like some idiots I know. Me. Ooh, ooh, ooh. I did, uh, I have been playing DuckTales, and that game is so pretty. And I can't wait. I, I, like, when we're done here, Scott's going to come out here, we're going to watch some YouTube videos that have built up over the last week that we haven't seen, but I I really want to bounce around on my my cane like a pogo stick. (laughs) Not going to lie. Oh, well. That's all I got, so I guess that's enough of that. Thank you very much, JT, for joining us at the last minute, because you're bored. Thank you for having me. Yeah, man. Remember, we love you. Well, I love you. I can't speak for the rest of them, but uh, yeah. And as always, all the contact information is is in the show notes. Uh, You can send us an email, dorks at themanapool.com. You can join the forums, cardshark.freeforums.org. The forums... We're not like usual forums. We don't have any horrible jerks or anything. We're all good people, which is amazing in and of itself. It's been kind of a sleepy town lately, but that's okay. Well, I've only posted one show in like three weeks, so... Eh. <laughs> they were like, is there a new show? Screw the manhole. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's probably it. Yeah. Um, so more people should go join and get the conversation up and running again. We we were just hibernating until pro- spoiler season started. Uh there's even a, a a thread for completely unfounded rants and nonsense about uh, the magic movie, which is always fun. Yeah, I, since I wasn't here for that one, I'm waiting to hear the conversation you guys had on that one. Yeah, and you can follow me, mostly me. Every once in a while, one of the other guys will tweet, but for the vast majority, it's me on Twitter, at the Manapool. Email. Oh, yeah, there's a Facebook group. 
Twitter, email, Instagram, no. Google Plus, <laughs> I mean, we have one, but whatever. Yeah. So I guess Pinterest. we're done. Do what? <laughs> I said Pinterest. Pinterest. <laughs> uh, no, no. Wasn't there like a short-lived, like a dude version of Pinterest not too long ago? I can't even remember what it's called. I have no idea. Nope, I got nothing. Yeah, I don't recall. Yeah. Oh, well. Send us an email if you know. So we're going to go now. So this has been episode 308. Got it right that time. Of the Mana Pool. Thank you all very much for listening. And uh, go play some magic. Oh, God, what was that? What? <laughs> Somebody just did a weird thing. Let me try that again. So thank you all very much for listening. And uh, go play some magic. I can